Welcome to episode 498 of Conversation Street, Coronation Street podcast that is featuring me, Gemma. Also me. Well, you're the main one. Why am I the main one? Because you do all the work. You, know? you started it's just featuring it. Featuring me. I don't I do all. Start, the work. I started it. Sometimes you watch part of Coronation it. Street. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I just tweet. We've been going for nearly 500 episodes, haven't we? Two weeks, fortnight away. Ooh. We get episode 500 coming. We think we've got a new. We think we might have something sorted for episode 500. Hopefully, well, maybe. Hopefully, maybe Unless we've got something in a couple of weeks. Today. I don't think I messed it up. I have to wait a couple of weeks to find out. But that is for a t- fortnight's time. Right now, we're going to be talking about episodes of Corrie's show between the 22nd and the 26th of November, i.e., this week, and that is episodes 10,488 to 10,493. Can you believe there's already been nearly 500 of those episodes in between? Uh, that's between weird. Isn't now it? and the 10,000th yep. one. That's crazy, crazy stuff. Crazy, crazy stuff. Not as crazy as Sally Ann Matthews running 250,000 kilometres, not all in one go, in the last... No, 250,000 kilometres, 250,000 metres. What are you talking about? 200. 250k? I'm a, yeah, and five a k is a thousand, isn't it? Five Maths. times... <laughs> I knew I should have written as that. <laughs> what is it? She's, five she, times... She ran a long way. 50. She did 55 k's. Why are you adding it up? I'm not. I'm doing, Congratulations, I'm doing Sal. Well it's done. It's pretty much the distance Very between. Good. It's like 40k off the distance between here to Manchester. I worked sure it out. You worked the other it out day. properly. If she had run it all in one go, she'd have maybe got to like Winchester or something and then given up. So she uh, might be. Yeah, but that's a really nice um, cocktail place. That oh she yeah, would she love. would have loved that cocktail place um, in Winchester. It's and great. she could have done that. Yeah. Anyway, congratulations. It was quite cool. Did you see on her uh, Instagram and her Twitter this week, she had uh, little videos, good luck videos from a load of the Corrie cast. There was, yes. there was uh, Georgia and, um, and, and did Melanie Hill do one? I can't remember. But Andy Wyman did one. Um, Barbara Knox did one as well. She I did know. a good luck video. But that was quite awesome. And then on the actual... That's um, pretty cool. For the actual run, she had a few Corrie people going around with her and some Yeah, others. I know. There was, um, and also Gareth Pierce did a, did a 5K run Um at a distance he did a very very socially distance one over in Wales or something which is quite cool at the same wow. time as they were doing it so that it was all very cool it Congrats, was for acting for others action against cancer juvenile diabetes research fund the Matt Hampson foundation and the RNLI and <laughs> I know you know and she's raised, including gift aid, because in this country you can do a thing where I don't really understand it, but it's to do with taxes. So they add extra money in. She's nearly raised eight grand. £7,958.63 pence um, of a, from a total of £6,580 in donations. That's pretty good. So that's gone that's, up quite a bit this past that's week. That's actually amazing. That's what very amazing. What an amazing thing to do for your 50th mm-hmm. birthday. And, and now Which I 10, think is cheating, because she's not that? even 50 yet. What? Oh no! <laughs> I think she is fifty-one and proud. Well, she's fifty-one and proud, and she's raised a metric s ton of money <laughs> for very good causes. So very proud, very pleased. Um, congratulations! Yes, she was. She was running around that place that Kelly was just the other day, wasn't she? And then she, she didn't Ocean stop Street. to help anybody. She's like, "Sorry, girls, I've got to finish <laughs> my five k for charity." Um, 
what's else has been going on this week? Anything? Any good stories to report this week? I'm trying to think. No. I had a bit of a Mavis Wilton experience the other day. I saw a fox at school. Our friend the fox. Is Mavis Twice Wilton in one day, famous for seeing Running foxes. across the playground, the children went crazy. That's one of the I remember dog in the playground, but I don't remember the famous poem, was, fox in the playground. Fox in the playground, the children were like, where, where, where? And literally 10 minutes after it, I'd said, it's gone round the corner now. They were still looking out the window. Just Why on earth it. did you, you, Quite you could have just privately saw, seen this and not said a word, but you pointed and said there's a fox, <laughs> and then you wondered why the children spent 10 minutes not listening to you talking about conjunctions or whatever it was. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, well we, we had Thanksgiving this week, didn't we? Well, America's had Thanksgiving. Happy anniversary of countryism. Like, America, like, North America. You, do you think that Thanksgiving is to do with Independence Day? Oh, no, it's not, is it? <laughs> I don't know. So it's best not to American dwell history. upon the origins of Thanksgiving. It's having a nice turkey meal together, I think which is what we're going to be doing on, Thursday, is, uh, on um, Sunday. Is a is a fine way to consider it. Okay, okay. Um, but if you and... want to think more about the origins of um, Thanksgiving and consider. Uh, the darker side you might want to watch Adam's Family Values which is my favourite Thanksgiving movie love Adam's Family Values well also, Wednesday you can find Adam's out... explains the genocide of the Native Americans yeah, yeah. and also we, we had our own special Thanksgiving celebration for the podcast this week didn't we because we had a listener question which handily tied into Thanksgiving so if you haven't listened to our bonus podcast and you like um, Thanksgiving-y kind of things maybe listen to that because we talk about what um, Corrie people would bring around for a Thanksgiving meal and what they'd be thankful for. Well, it was we, quite we, fun. We did have a bit of a, a pre-Thanksgiving disaster, many disasters today, didn't we? Because you couldn't what? find any fried onions. <laughs> Gemma, we've... we've I'm asked... obsessed with this idea. I want to make Thanks a... so much money on food this past week. Yes, we have. I want to make um, a green bean casserole. Mm-hmm. And the way you're supposed to make it is canned green beans, canned mushroom soup, and canned fried onions. And fried onions is not a common ingredient in this country. So I ordered some from Ocado <laughs> and it didn't come. And I was devastated. And then I asked you to go and get some. And you looked in about three shops. Mm. Got some in the end. Got some in the end. So we're going to have a nice Thanksgiving Crisis meal with averted. our family on, our friends on Sunday. Well, my, my family's coming. Oh, are they? Invited them. Okay, well, I've got to, they've got to bring the chairs. That's that's very important because we do have a new dining table in a new house, don't we? But only one chair to go with her at the moment. It's a bit, <laughs> it's a bit pathetic, really. It is really sad. It's just, yeah, uh, yeah. There's been a lot of money spent on things, but not chairs. Mm. Okay, that's I think okay. I, th- I think that's about enough. If anyone's wondering what's guff? going on in our live at the moment, that is the guff that's happening. What guff's been going on in Coronation Street? On now. I think the cat's I've sitting got... on it. Yeah, Abby's just coming. She might be uh, audible on the microphone. Oh, here though. it is. Right. It's me all along. You have a quiz for me, Jack. I have Thanksgiving got... quiz. Thanksgiving quiz. What have you got to ask me this week? Things that happen between the 22nd and the 26th of November in years ending on a 1 and a 6. And I sourced this from coronationstreet.fandom.com, aka Coropedia, aka the place that you want to go to to find out what's going on in or has ha- already happened in Coronation Street. Oh, I just thought I want to mention at the beginning of the podcast as well. Thank you to everybody who's voted on our poll about <coughs> which episodes should be shown at the 61st anniversary Coronation Street fan event thing that's happening. Um, when's that yeah. happening? In a couple of weeks? Yeah. Um, if you haven't, then you've probably got about a week. They're doing it to celebrate our 500th episode. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, if you haven't voted yet, go along to our um, go to our Facebook page or our Twitter or whatever, and you can find a link there where you can choose two fine episodes that you think should be screened there. Um, 
even if you can't, you're not going to get there and see it yourself. It's quite cool to quite good to meddle in other influence a Coronation affairs. Street fan convention. Anyway, I interrupted you. Let's Ugh. have the quiz, Gemma. Um, the only reason I remember is because they're going to have a quiz at that convention as well. Oh, Andy Steele. Do you have to say like, "Oh, I'm thankful for"? Do you have to do that? No, I'm. I'm thankful, thankful for everyone who quiz, listens please. to this podcast. Me too. Quiz. And our patrons. Quiz, please. Um. 22nd of November, 1961. Which stalwart character does Christine Hardman convince to stay in Coronation Street after she finds them headed for London? Oh, I vaguely remember that scene. Well, do you remember it vaguely enough to tell me who it was? No. Christine Hardman stops someone, does she? Going to London. On the way to Piccadilly Station. Oh, no, I don't know. Can... What's your final answer? Can. Yay! Oh, I thought it was the other round. I thought it was convincing. Okay. Congratulations. Could be. Could be. I misread it. Good job, didn't it? Good 22nd job, of November, go. 1991. Alec... So we should have had Christine Aldman this week trying to tell Roy not to go off to South America. Is that where he went? Yeah. Did you miss that? I didn't know where he'd gone. He was, he was, yeah, he did. He said he was going to go and do some cooking in South America or I remember something. him saying he was going to cook somewhere unlikely. Yeah, that was it. That was it. <coughs> Next question, please. I think they can already cook, though. I don't think you need to go and show this them how to cook. Tira. This is like when people go to build houses. It's like, I can build the house, give me the money. <laughs> I don't need you to come and do it for me. 22nd of November 1991. Alec leaves Weatherfield for a job. That means he'll miss Christmas. And Bet is furious. What's the job? Uh, cruise ship thingy. Yeah, cruise ship thingy. Yeah. That is actually his official title. Oh, appreciate thing, yeah. 22nd of November, 2006. Who does Danny Baldwin discover his son Jamie is having an affair with? Frankie Baldwin. And who's that? His stepmum. Sope. Danny's stepmum. What? No, Jamie's stepmum. Yeah. His ex-wife. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying, because if yeah, you yeah. didn't watch Coronation Street in 2006, and I said to you, Danny, Frankie and Jamie... One of them's a woman. <laughs> you wouldn't know, would you? Because all three of those are unisex That's names. very true, actually. <laughs> a progressive of the Baldwin family. <laughs> Listen, let's just call him Frankie and call her Frankie and see what happens. <laughs> Let her decide, right? Let her grow up and decide for herself what she wants to be. 23rd of November, 1981. Len Faircloth buys some land that used to have something on it. What used to be there? Number seven, oh, Coronation Street. Obvious, sorry. This is difficult. No, it's good. 20... I like an easy, like a nice easy quiz. <laughs> Are you thankful? Yeah, I'm thankful for an easy quiz. 24th of November, 1996. Who does Fred ask to marry him? Oh, yeah. yeah so many oh. people to marry him. Oh, hey. Uh, oh, well, I narrow it down by the 24th of November, 1996. Just cast your mind back to that Kikes, episode. I can't remember. Not. Uh, who was he going after at that point? Who had a pulse? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Tell you what. Uh, <clears throat> no, I'm not saying anything. I can't think of... I know you, I know you had the hots for Audrey around about then, but you wouldn't have asked her to marry him because she was definitely married to Alf at that point. Alfie. Alpha. Um, no, I don't know. Go on, I don't know. Why don't you say someone? I, can't, I, I literally, my mind has gone blank for who Fred could have proposed to about then. Uh, uh, Maureen. No. Oh. Stupid idiot. Oh. Rita. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Same day. 24th of November, 1996. Ken can't stop who from snatching Daniel. 
Denise. And? Brian Dunkley. Brian Dunkley. Yes. <laughs> wow, you are such a Thank nerd. You. Thank you. Uh, 25th of November 2011. This is co- this is the Conversation Street podcast quiz where there are no winners, literally. But if you answer all my questions correctly, I will call you a nerd. And if you don't, you're a failure. Proud nerd. 25th of November 2011. Who leaves the street after their planned wedding is called off? I don't know. 2011, planned wedding, called off. I know, who could it be? <sighs> so rarely does this happen. Uh, no, I don't know. What if I said but... that they went off to do something that has already been an answer? I don't remember anything else you asked <laughs> me so far. I don't know, who was it? Kieran McCarthy. Oh, Kieran. And he went off he to, went go off to do a cruise ship yeah, thing. Yeah, you don't get a mark for that. Oh. 25th of November 2016 funeral of which character is this related to any other previous question no 2016 funeral no no idea who's dead five years ago come on this is tragic Michael Rodwell yeah you don't get it <laughs> I do get that no you, don't. I get that no, you don't that was too much of a clue why was it a clue to say a funeral was tragic because <laughs> you know I don't give a crap about most of people I'm going to give myself a point well I'm that. not I'm not 26th of November 1986 <laughs> this is the final question Susan and Mike fall out over her plan to manufacture what at the factory children's clothes yes five six seven eight out of something <laughs> that you no know, <laughs> no no no, it's too much of a clue. Birthday time. Okay. 28th of November. Producer, Michael Cox. Mm. Chris, Chris, oh, what am I saying? Charles Dale. <laughs> Chris, Chris Charles. <laughs> I was going to try to say Chris something. <laughs> Charles Dale. Dennis Stringer. Who's that? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You know who he is now. You've seen some episodes of that. Yes. Graham Hawley, who played John Stape. Emma Edmondson, who played Mel Morton. Wow. Do you think she's like, I've got to have, my character's got to have the same letter beginning with both their names because that's what I've got. Maybe. 29th of November, Owen Aronovich, who played John Lindsay. John Lindsay. 30th of November, Connor McIntyre, played Pat Phelan. Oh. And Sterling Gallagher, who played Paula Martin. We saw oh, her. We saw her on the we telly the other day, didn't we? we yes, did. we did. We, we watched, watched Casualty, Casualty on Saturday night. It was a very good episode. It was a great episode. It was the first episode of Casualty we've seen for years, isn't it? Not, we've never no. been regular car- Casualty we've seen viewers. Two, we've seen two other episodes of Casualty since we started doing the podcast. One of them was the single tracking shot. Yeah. The unedited single shot for an episode. Hour. Very good work. The other one was for the pandemic stuff. No, we didn't watch that one. We didn't watch that one, but I thought we did. It was definitely on, but we didn't watch that. But this is great. It had Sterling Gallagher, who is is in, uh, used to play, um, uh, what's her name? Paula, Paula Martin, bedded Tracy, remember? Mm-hmm. The lawyer, Sophie. Shagger. So it was Sophie went off to Bali and um, she, she became she rather redundant. She was uh, she was a paramedic or something, was she? But she was trapped she in a gym officer? with some crazy guy with a gun, some environmentalist. She was a police by... officer. 
Oh, yes, yes, yeah, no, she was. So they were trapped in a gym with a crazy guy with a gun, played by Mark Leatheran, who was Georgia Taylor's squeeze. And um, <laughs> it, he was awesome, wasn't he? He was they're, great. They were both good, but uh, Mark was fantastic. And he this was, was absolutely terrific. Also relevant to this podcast because it was part of the soap collaboration for having uh, climate change as a as a focus. Yes. So this them. guy was saying, oh, rah, 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 my like, son died because my son have asthma. he had asthma. And I was like, Maria. Maria really has no passion. My, my conspiracy theory about this, surely this must have happened because in the in Casualty, he was filming himself, wasn't he? He was yeah, live streaming his rant. Yeah. Surely Maria should have been seeing this and going, look, there's a guy down in Holby Way, wherever that is. Um, having a rant look his son died of asthma this could happen this could to happen Liam this could happen to my kid and I'm going to shoot in the face but um, I think they got the dates wrong or something and it didn't tie up so they didn't have it no. that's what I think was going to happen anyway really? did anyone else see it it was I good I thought it was very good watched last it, Saturday's <coughs> Casualty if you haven't job. watched Casualty before they did yeah and it was nice seeing Sterling again yeah and I, I, yeah, there was, it was quite dramatic, wasn't it? Yeah, but there were bits in the gym there and there were bits back at the hospital. Like, I, know, I don't like, care about that. I don't know who there's, these there's a lady are. who did something to a man who was in a hospital, because they were in a hospital, and he was on the bed and she was like, oh no, when he wakes up, I'll not get a job. And everyone's like, God, but you're the finest damn doctor in this whole damn hospital. We can't do without you. <laughs> you remember more than I do about this. And they were like... Know. But I've done a terrible thing, which no one's going to mention the whole episode. And I'm just going to leave you hanging if you haven't watched the previous episode to know what it is that I did to him. I assume that he got knocked unconscious by her farting in the break room. And then when she saw him fall down on the ground, she ran over and tooted in his face. And then then he went into a coma and she felt guilty. And she's like, I'm going to lose my medical license over this. Yeah, but well, did you know that there's a job, a storyline of a Coronation Street going at the moment? Because your if name you is want a story this. about dangerous flatulence, I've got about three that you can use. <laughs> I don't think Coronation Street's ever done this yet. Well, Perfect. it's wide open, isn't it? Okay, yeah. birthdays no, this continued. Is, this is an awesome job because I saw this oh. on um, on social media the other week, and um, sadly, you need to have had experience. All of these Coronation Street jobs, you need to have had experience on other shows. They don't just take random newbies. Um, in it, it looks what like. is this if it's they not? They don't a show? just take primary school teachers that fancy a change of career because there's so many things there. It's like, oh, I'd love to be able to do that, but you got to, you got to start off being a runner. I know. I know I do. Well, I I was quite good at running at school. I don't think I it could really involves people with their running. cups of tea and scissors and things. Very safe. <laughs> I, oh. I think as a teacher, one of your primary um, rules should have should be do, no, don't, don't do not run Okay. Um, what else? Sorry, I distracted you. Were we birthdaying? Yes. I've, what, made us, what made us talk Sterling about Gallagher's birthday? Oh, yes, it's on the same right. day as Connor's. Okay. Thirteenth of November. In case you're making a card for them. Um, we sent our you, curry Christmas just, cards off this week, didn't we? We did. If you are living in Weatherfield right now, then you'll know whether we like you or not, because you may well have a Coronation Street, I mean, a Conversation Street Christmas card in your pigeonhole. It's not a, con- it's not a Conversation Street Christmas card. It's just a random Christmas card. Not we random, we pick them. them very carefully. We should make them one, yeah. With your lovely design, Michael's done a new design for I the have got my new... Logo. Yes, I think, next week. I going to say, your best yet. I don't know there it is. I feel really bad. Yeah, I've got my, you know, I, I like to do a different Christmas podcast logo every year, and this one's a little bit different than the previous years. And I do think it's quite nice, but it is blatantly... Thank you. I like the concept of it as well. It's, it's not the usual concept completely, uh, but I have just stolen a whole load of art and put a little bit of Conversation Street art in there. Yeah, I think it looks quite nice. Well, and maybe this time next week I'll have, I'll have uploaded it for all to see. I told you before about that. What? About using stock photos. Nobody minds. What's the point of having a Patreon if we and a business account? 
It might be. I might have taken free photos and edited them I in this you one. To do they it that they way. might be, but they might not. So hopefully, no one's going to come and get me. Anyway. I don't think anyone's going to come and get you for a Twitter um, logo. <laughs> if we started making merch of it, maybe they'd have something to say. Yeah, you're right. But wouldn't they be cool as Christmas cards? They would. You be guys going to wait? You've got to wait cards. for next week. Is next week when we have the jingle bells and our theme tune? Oh my gosh! Yes, it is the I'm jingle so bells. Excited. This is since it gets to December, isn't yes. it? Yes. Are we going to have the jingle bells in our five hundredth episode as well? <laughs> Oh, I can't, can't believe wait. it's December soon. I can. Maybe I'm so Christmas. excited. We're going to get a tree. <laughs> right. Uh, birthdays, 1st of December, Chloe Newsom. <laughs> Still going. He's Vicky, Vicky McDonald the 2nd. And 3rd of December, director Gerald Blake and Jennifer James. He played Gina Gregory. Oh, lovely. Happy birthday, Happy birthday to, to everybody. We've got a 20 minute... Um... Isn't Simon Gregson going to the jungle? Shh, oh, you've stolen my news. Oh, I thought that we were doing general chit chat. Pretend you didn't hear it. Wait until the cabin. Have I got news for you? Everybody, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Bad news for you, Richard Madeley. Or Madley. Or Madley. Oh, yeah, whatever. he's not doing so well, is he? Anyway. Yeah, ate a boy or something. Let's talk about this week's Coronation Street. Yep. Right, let's talk about this week's Coronation Street then. Um, what, what are you doing to me, Corey? Stop mixing your storylines up. You're making it incredibly difficult this past few weeks to me and try and keep track and all neatly organised in my little text document all the different stories going on because Nina's got a Nina Nina has got her finger in many pies this week, hasn't she? She's in the Roy story, she's in the Kelly story, she's kind of in the Abby story. Do you reckon a bit. that you're going to have to switch to a different method, like just doing the days? I I don't know. It's like it was really, really difficult this week, um, and 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 oh, I don't know. I don't know how other people have done it, but I want to start off with. The, what do you mean? How other people have done it? How they categorise things in their minds. You know what I mean. Um, anyway, Tashes to Ashes will start off first. I know that's just not the biggest news this week. What we're all rolling out of town, but we've got um, we've got the Sam stuff first because it's important that that gets mentioned before the other stuff. So once the Tashes to Ashes are done, we'll talk about the Roy rolls out of town. Is that an alright storyline title? My storyline title is <laughs> rubbish this week, and then that will also have a bit of Sam in How there because of Abby. How do you tell Abby. the difference between the rubbish ones and the good ones? The ones that make you genuinely laugh are the good ones. Then we'll have the Trouble Free, which is our Kelly story. Then we go. Oh, what did I? Oh, I've called this Fay Bale. Like a hay bale. Phase <laughs> <laughs> out of prison, everybody. That was easy, wasn't it? Um, Cinemax. That's the right storyline title for Max, isn't it? Cinemax is a it's a thing. I think it's a, maybe a channel in America or something. Isn't it rude? What? Oh, it doesn't matter. Max is, is the next Steven Spielberg, everybody. He's got a storyline title named after him. Then we add uh, just, just tiny little bits of others. So there's a little bit of the Smoke and Rears storyline. A little bit more that I'll have Zidane payment, please. And what the heck is that storyline doing? It's like once every three weeks, they have to have a scene of Zidane being shady at the tills and then Hassan turning up at Victoria Garden saying, no, 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 you must give me, you must launder all your money. And Ryan's like, there's something suspicious. Literally, they had that scene, regular as clockwork, once every three weeks. (laughs) They just keep getting this. um, um, Who plays Ryan? Um, Ryan Prescott. He's like, Oh, we haven't done this scene yet, guys. He's like, is, any, is anyone getting any deja vu here? I think we should do this scene that, oh, that I'm in. Here's some trivia that I got off my little um, notification. Um, I've got a little to-do list that my um, one of my student teachers got me. And it's got a little word facts on. You know, we've got deja vu. Do you know what it's called? Now, what's the opposite of this? It's when you swear you haven't seen something, but you have, I think is what it's called. And it's called... <laughs> it's being the, thick. The, the phenomena is called jamais vu. 
which we've you never, never seen. Never seen. Yeah, I've never heard of that before. Um, after that, we've got the um, the the Daniel. You get and that Dave. all the time. What? Michael, what what you, you asked me what we're having for dinner? I told you earlier. Yeah, I was just. Oh, just jamais a, vu. Oh, that's what I'm going to call it now. It's just, <laughs> I just got some jamais vu, Um we, we got the Daisy and Daniel, which I, I somehow managed to get all this way into the story without actually coming up with the title. There must for be it. a phrase for husbands forgetting things <laughs> like "I asked you to take this normal, or do that," it? or "I told you this information," <laughs> or "Yes, my mum really, really and dad are coming." For Thanksgiving, yeah. Uh, and then we had the grey stuff as well, a little bit at the beginning. Right, I'm going to take the Tasha's to Ashes story first, which is, again, not really to do with Natasha being dead anymore. It's more about Sam being silent, which he's been keeping up for a good month now or so, hasn't he? Silent Sam. Yeah. <gasps> the silence of the Sams. <laughs> there we go. Aww. There we go. That's all I needed, a little nudge. Bless I'm just him. going to change that right now. So, it wasn't George wonderful this week. I blame and love George when he was like this. George was doing an audition for a different programme. He did an audition point. for a different character. He was, was like, actually, can I be somebody else in this <laughs> Can show? I be someone that's kind and caring <laughs> and not a little bit buffoonish? So He's like, I'm aging out of the, um, out of the older uncle into the... Um, elderly grandfather bracket yeah. and I need to get my sh- in some of this in my showreel my agent says I really need to get some grandfatherly like wonders of the universe stuff in in case <laughs> they want to cast me as the new doctor yes it could be so he sees Nick on Monday and he's like I've got an old telescope back at home it's me dad so Archie Shuttleworth's um, telescope made an appearance so, on Coronation so Street Arch- this week. Is this like canon? Did Archie... No, it's not a canon, it's a telescope. Keep it's up. confusing because they're <laughs> the same shape. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, did, in the show, have we established previously to this that Archie Shuttleworth was a, a star peeper? Um, no, previously the only link between Archie Shuttleworth and space was the shuttle part of his name. Very nice. <laughs> so what I'm asking you is, was... Archie Shuttleworth wasn't it at the same time as Curly Watts? Yes. The famously into space guy. Yeah. And they never had a conversation about no, this. Somehow. So Archie Shuttlesworth's like, I'm not going to mention because this guy is boring <laughs> as hell and I don't want to talk to him or be his friend. Yeah, basically. I love, anyway. the, I love the idea that Archie Shuttleworth shaded Curly Watts. <laughs> like he was probably in like the Weatherfield stargazing association and he never even told him yeah. Curly's up there in his attic all by himself going I wish I had a friend <laughs> who likes space as much as me and I was just like come on quickly let's go past the house and get down to the red rack to watch the meteor shower <laughs> anyway he's got this thing of his dad's he's going to bring it around later so that Sam can do a bit of stargazing with him um, also Roy's there and he's like saying to Nick how's Sam doing them still really withdrawn apparently Nick tries to get Roy to get Sam to speak. There's a variety... It's a whole week. It's a whole week of trick. people trying... <laughs> it's tricking is the right word, isn't it? <laughs> but, I mean, with um, Abby, it was all threatening to... Listen, let you speak. Um, I Look, I'm going to punch you unless you tell me not to. Okay? Yeah. That's just how it goes. I think I, I think I recall reading, and I don't know if I'm, I misunderstood it, something about a method... Because I was reading last week all into... Um, Selective mutism. Yeah, and how, how to trust strategies to try to overcome it. And one of the things I'm pretty sure was a classroom-based exercise where the child has something inside an envelope that they really want and they're not allowed to open the envelope unless they say something in front of everybody, mm. which sounds like the most horrific... Yeah, like, I don't think Sam would have fallen for that way. Confrontational way of doing it. I know, I know. Um... 
What do they need to do is like push him in a puddle or something. He goes, "Oi, what? Watch out!" And you go, "Ah, yeah, yeah you can speak." Well, I mean, L- Lily was nearly choking herself to death the other week, wasn't she? On the, but on the I lollipop. think he planned that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but I just want to say uh, we are making we are making light of this, but obviously, we light of everything. We're, there's lots of things that happen this week that are to do with mental health and people struggling with things um, and coping in different various ways or not coping, and. Um, we're going to make fun of And that's our disclaimer. Um, because we, we've been through our own things and humour's a, a way of coping with them. So if you don't like it, you should turn off. <laughs> Just to say. I really thought it was funny and I should have copied down the script, but Roy tries in a very, very long-winded way to get Sam to choose whether he wants a chocolate or a mil- uh, strawberry milkshake, doesn't he? And it was a brilliant little little script where um, he's, he's he just can't get him to say it. I and, can't um, believe that there's a kid who's offering the gift of silence to every adult he comes across and they're just not taking the bait. Especially Sam. I would love this. I'd be like, oh my, you know what? I'll babysit this kid whenever you like, for as long as you like. In fact, you want me to adopt him, I will. This is the perfect child. Yeah, totally. He's he's obviously, he's nice and quiet, he's petite, and he's going to make a crap load of money doing some kind of weird computer stuff when he gets old enough. (laughs) I know, perfect, perfect. He'll buy Mama a mansion. (laughs) New new Mama Gemma, his his dearest, dearest parent. You're going to adopt, are you? Yes. (laughs) Um, we did so. We did send Jude a Christmas card, didn't we? As well. So that's, we you, that's your way back. in. That's your way in. He drew you a picture of a of a, tra- of a bus last year. Jude Jordan. He actually. did. That's was it a bus? Right. Or was it a train? I can't remember. Or was it a tram? It was a train. It was a lovely picture. Whatever it was that Jude sent us. Oh Thank yeah. You. Anyway. So fantastic. So he comes round. George does with his telescope later, and um, and then Nick. I can't remember how it happened. Was it just like a surprise when the doorbell rang or something? But know, he, he knocks the memory like... jar off of the de- of yeah, the table. Just flailed his that's, arms that's around so, like he it? normally does. And Sam, this is starting to work with George. He starts to get a bit curious about this new telescope. Sam, Sam, yes. No, you said it's starting to work with George. Sam, it's starting to work with Sam, and, and he doesn't react to the smashed jar. He just kind of grabs all the bits of paper that he's put in there with his messages about his mum and heads into the room and. Oh, I can't remember. Nick did read one of these out later, didn't he? Yeah. The, the, I wish the last thing I'd said to you had been something different. Yeah. And we were yeah. we were talking about this on the podcast last week, and I was saying it is a message jar to mum, and you were saying no, it's not a mummy message jar. I thought it was a memory jar. But <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> going back to a memory jar again, aren't we? It is a mummy message jar, not a mummy m- m- memory. I don't know if that's healthy. What? I don't know if it's healthy to have a message jar. Because he, he... Well, he knows He knows it's not real. Does he? He is a child. Yes. I understand, but there's sometimes uh, that you, letting go of something is just as important, isn't it? Mm. And I think a memory jar puts it in, you know, she's dead, you know, just to remind you. Yeah. It's also just not, to remind also you. Also not healthy to have a smashed one all over the floor as well, especially if you're walking around barefoot. So Nick, hope you're going to ah, clean that up quickly. No, it was the trick. Mm? Sam's going, Ow! Oh, yes. Uh-huh. He you, you can speak. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, he collects them all up the bit of paper apart from this one that says, I wish the last thing I'd said you had been something different. Or I don't remember Nick what was, it was he said. Um, make my make my breakfast. No, no, no. Well, he he saw his mum in the hospital room, didn't he? No, yeah. When, when before he she got wheeled he off. Her. No, exactly. Oh, bless him. Um, so he they, they go and set up this telescope. Um, the Nick George is gone at this point because we had a couple of evenings of this. Um, Leanne says he had a lovely time, and Nick's a little bit sarky. He says, "Oh yeah, Sam told you I had a nice time, did he?" Um, and then 
Um, then they have the uh, reminiscence. I've forgotten about this. The bit where Ollie also couldn't speak for a bit last year, and they were like, "Do you remember? Do you remember when we went to the petting zoo that was definitely not Heaton Park? Do you remember that cow that was definitely there, even though we didn't show it?" And we were like, "Oh, that's when Ollie got moo." And they were, and, all, and then Nick and Liam were saying, "He said moo. He said moo." Remember that? They're getting scene? a lot of Brilliant. mileage out of that moo scene, aren't they? They really, really are. For it, for an, for an um, scene that didn't actually have a cow in it. Yeah, yeah. They're milking it quite a lot. Uh, So Nick says that he really misses Sam Wittering on. Um, Wednesday... um, Do you reckon this is just like the scriptwriter's way of going, look, we've crafted some beautiful dialogue for this character and we've even had to go and look stuff up on Wikipedia for all of his facts and stuff. Mm. And all we get on the internet is, oh, Sam's getting a bit boring now and getting fed up with Sam saying all these facts all the time. Well, how about this? No more Sam talk. How do you like that now? (laughs) You're going to be begging us to write some obscure space facts. I wonder. I do wonder how long is he going to keep it up? Like every time something happened this week, I was like, oh, he's going to speak now. It'll be a Christmas miracle. Oh, yeah. Oh, Leanne, the turkey's dry. They're going to give him all these amazing <laughs> presents. And if he doesn't say thank you, that's just rude, isn't it? It is rude. Yeah, oh, I think you're right. God, can he really go for another month? That'll be two months without, without speaking. Maybe you'll just have a bit of time off screen. Anyway, Wednesday, that Sam's got the meeting, hasn't he? What was it? Was it like a psychologist, psychiatrist, counsellor? That kind of meeting, well, anyway. It's a script meeting. <laughs> and like, he, look, you've got to read this out. It's written down now. No, he can't do it. Um, he, he, Nick starts getting... Um, a bit reminiscent of when um, when he was getting angry about his dad Brian being killed and when um, when his dad's killer showed back up on the street in the late 90s and he wanted him dead and he doesn't want Sam to have all that anger filling him up and bubbling up inside him. So they go they go to their counsellor's meeting, whatever it was, come back um, and then Sam kind of wanders off to stare in the undertaker's window, which is a little bit creepy. But it turns out that he's also putting a little secret note under the door of um, of the Shuttleworths so saying, can you come round my flat late and we can look at the stars again? Which is quite cool. So he is communicating in a way, isn't he? Which is that this was part of the conversation last week where well, was Nick Leanne weird... was saying, no, he wouldn't drop a telescope out of the balcony because he doesn't communicate. Well, he definitely communicates with George. Yeah, he's a lovely a weird... uncle. Yeah, there was a weird thing about saying that he doesn't communicate in any in any manner whatsoever. Mm. But that's not what selective mutism is really about. I don't think so. So anyway, George, George and Sam watched some nice shooting stars together. Some nice CGI shooting Perseids. stars. Yeah, and uh, and and George is good. He's, he's, it was a really really lovely scene. This this is the George that I like. Comedy George is fine. George with Eileen he's is fine. He's got great range. He does. He can do I, I think he does. I, I think, think, it think it he does. It's nice that he's spreading out from just being in the funeral parlour as well. Now it's very it suits his character too. I think mm. that it felt um, an, like on it honest. Well, and yeah. Well, Archie was so lovely, wasn't he? And and I'm I'm getting a bit of Archie vibes from some of what George does as well, which is nice. George starts talking about the uh, the Arizona crater as well. He does a bit of the a, universe. Um, He's like, um, he does a bit of Brian Cox, doesn't he? Look at the stars. Hey, isn't the universe amazing? great? You imagine if all the darkness is just millions and millions of miles of space. <laughs> Sam is loving it and he's having a little smile. It was so, so sweet. That was my scene of the week. That was absolutely Do you adorable. find, do you not find space creepy? Um, yes. I don't, I don't know how anyone can look at it and go, Wow. I just look at it and get this existential dread. <laughs> like, wow, yeah, nothing matters. Nothing nothing matters. Like, there could be a massive ball of gas that just burns out of the sun and kills us all and nobody, the universe wouldn't care or notice. I saw that they're sending up a little um, 
probe or something like a probe, a little satellite or something to try and knock a meteor off course. Oh god, don't tell no, me It's that. not doing. No, it's not heading towards us. They're just. They're just they're, trying to see if just, they can nudge it to, to yeah, yeah. towards us. No, no, no. They're, they've found a they're meteor like, and they're, they're giving it a bit of a nudge just to see can we actually do it and it like. Yeah, because they want to harvest. Um, they want to harvest stuff off of meteors. No, this one is just to nudge it. Yeah, because that no, yeah. If if one was gonna smash into us, yeah, could I'm we knock sure it off course? They also want to see if they can get near it enough to say, could we land on this? Oh, maybe. But I, I don't, don't understand it because they're like, oh, it's got loads of precious rare min- minerals that would be worth millions of pounds. Not if you've got a massive meteor of it. It won't be. <laughs> um. Anyway, all I know about space is that. When you're there, nobody can hear you scream. But that doesn't matter for Sam, because he's not screaming or anything at the moment. <laughs> I think he is literally in a vacuum, isn't he? Anyway. See, see, the thing is about that, how do you how do you interpret that? Do you interpret that as, like, if space is lonely or space is a vacuum and you, and there is no sound? That one. I think, you're supposed to, I think you're supposed to take it more Maybe poetically. It Could be. Anyway, that was lovely. But that's the situation that Sam's up to by this point of the week. So I'm going to end his story there, although he does continue later on with Abby. But um, yeah, just awesome stuff with George. Absolutely love that. Yeah, George George, um, really shone shone like a star, didn't he? Oh, yes. Oh, like a little shooting star he was. Very nice. A big old ball of gas. (laughs) So now we got the Roy Rolls Out of Town story, Gemma, and I'm passing over to you. Mm -hmm. What is going on with Mr. Cropper here this week? Wow, this was this was um, came out of nowhere for me. What did you think? Um, One sad, minute. Well, hmm, oh. I'd kind of seen. What had I seen? I'd seen something. I think I might have seen like yeah, Roy's possibly internet? selling. Up. I did. I don't know where I. I think I might have had it pop up somewhere. So I, I, <laughs> I, I wasn't completely taken by surprise. Just popped up on your phone this. like I get Sky News alerts about horrible tragedies in the channel and you get like watch out Roy's oh, leaving I can't remember where I saw it anyway go on Monday Fringe McBangs is over at number 13 quizzing Abby about the gun that was used to kill Natasha um, and says it was used in a raid that was carried out by Tez who just so happens to be your ex hmm that's a bit of a coincidence and then she says did your ex supply you with a gun and Abby's like no no, 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 no. Later on, Abby meets up with Tez, who says, the police are looking for me, and I, if I get arrested, I'm not going to keep my mouth shut. I'm going to tell everybody what happened, if it gets me out of stuff, just so you know. Roy's watching them both together, looking very suspicious. Abby gets mad about this. She's at Mardi at work, and she tells Kevin what's what's happening. Um, Nick is talking about the fact that he hopes that they find the person who, who has the gun who was responsible for having the gun um, and the police are onto it and he, he thinks it's making people nervous and he's talking I'm pretty he's sure he's to talking Roy to Roy at this point isn't Sam it? no no he's talking to Roy at this I, I think, think Sam... that he's having a milkshake yeah this is the milkshake scene with Roy where Roy's saying do you want a strawberry or a chocolate yeah one? well he's talking there, about but... it yeah, but Roy he's... and Roy's going I'm feeling nervous about this yeah I know but, but obviously Nick's concerned about this because he perhaps thinks that if whoever supplied the gun is sort of revealed then maybe it might knock Sam out of his stupor perhaps I don't know because I mean Sam well it's has... some kind of it's some kind of progress isn't it Sam said before that the only person that he blames for his mother's death is Harvey. Yeah, but if it turns out that actually Abby gave Harvey the gun, he might feel differently about it. Might not want to go for a kickabout with her. Might. Might. Hmm. Next. Right. Kevin meets up with Tez in Villain's Alley and he says, look, leave Abby out of this. Don't tell the police. She's fallen apart. She needs life to go back to, to normal. And if you dub her in... 
Um, you're you're not just sending her to prison. You're killing her. Does and I want to go it? on honeymoon. Yeah. Roy goes over to see Abby, and he talks to her about this exchange that he saw between her and um, Tez. And he's like, "Is this about the gun?" If he and the says it was a distressed debate. <laughs> um, Abby says, "Yeah, but don't worry about it. I'm dealing with it." And Roy's like, "No, you're just gonna make it worse." by trying to blackmail people and bribe your way out of it, which is the whole problem in the first place. And Abby's just getting stressed out, like, don't don't have a go at me. This is bad enough as it is without you having a go. Can you imagine being, being in trouble and having done something wrong and Roy just relentlessly, morally upstanding Roy <laughs> just haunting you at every turn, reminding you that you're a crap human being. I never do anything being. wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, back in the cafe, Roy is getting stressed out because Kirk wants... That was a funny Kirk scene. comes in and he's going on about... Toad in the hole is cheaper than a sausage. He would like to have the toad in the hole without the toad. Yeah, he wants... No, he want, without the hole. Without the hole. He wants, he wants sausage at toad prices. <laughs> <laughs> and Roy's like, have you seen the menu here? I couldn't sell this any cheaper. I don't know this what you This is what you, you noticed when the Nina was having her, her uh, panic attack in the end of today's episode, didn't you? Yeah. It kept I, zooming I, in. I very often look, because I love menus, and I like looking at menus, and I'm always and you fascinated. like eating things off menus. Yeah, but I also like, I'm very interested in menus, and I'm fascinated with Roy's prices on his menu and what he serves in there. And it's how really they haven't changed in the past 20 like, years. Nobody's gone in and, and like gone, hey guys... Like, they've moved sets. Somebody could have gone, ah, do you think 275 for curry and rice is a realistic price? <laughs> you can't Cheap even buy off, a ready meal for that much <laughs> in some places. Anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> that was funny. Roy gets stressed out. Then Abney comes in with more questions about the sinkhole collapse. Yeah, this is just Roy kind of losing it gradually over Monday Getting and Wednesday's harassed. episode, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Abby comes into the cafe... And stuff happens. Roy's saying, that I've had to lie for you again. I'm so ashamed of myself. Leave me alone. He didn't want anything to do with her. (laughs) Gemma's doing very well with my notes this week. Because I'm realising as we're going through here that I I didn't quite turn all of my notes into full sentences. These are the notes that that Michael's left for me to, to make sense of as I'm also trying to do a podcast. Abby comes to the cafe, lied to her again, can't pay a Mac, deeply ashamed, leave alone. <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought I... That and was then, pretty good. And up next we have, Abby home, Kev saw Tez, Abby's worried. Yeah. What was so that there all you about? Go. Abby comes home and Kevin says, I saw Tez and Abby's worried about her. Yeah, that's, how you that's do the it. only way it you makes can... Makes perfect sense. Makes sense of that. <laughs> well, look, Michael, you work very hard and I appreciate you making the notes. <laughs> this is when... You, uh, I think these are the days when we're eating whilst <clears throat> watching sorry. Coronation Street. I'm sorry. It's my fault. <laughs> Billy sees Imran and tells him about seeing Kelly earlier. Well, it could have been somebody else, but it did look a bit like her. And Imran says she's going to call Laura. Oh, sorry, that that's the other her. story. <laughs> I told you the stories. Are it's okay. Oh, gosh, it's, okay. it's all going wrong this week. People are all going to defect. I'll tell you what, if this is as bad as it gets, I think we're all right. Because <laughs> it could get a lot worse, let's face it. Um, Roy is... <laughs> 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 no, this is... Okay, right. Roy shutting up, smashes, leave it. It's the same gun. Needn't have happened. Nina can't blame herself. I'm not. <laughs> I don't even know what. 
Nina can't blame himself even. <laughs> anyway, Nina tells Roy that you can't blame yourself for what's been going on here. And Roy, Nina, Roy and says, like, "Look, I'm not. Her. I'm blaming myself, you. I blame you exactly. You made me keep the secret. You. I also blame myself for believing that I could reason with Abby. And I can't live with this. I need to be alone." I need to go to South America to do some kicking. There's nobody in South America. Uh, Abney goes around to number 13 again. Abney, not Abby, yeah. I said Abney. No, I know, just... Tez has been arrested and he's also said it was all me. Um, That's quite handy and convenient, isn't it? Good old Kev. I really like the way... So intimidating, that that Kevin, isn't it? Kevin has managed to make Tez... Um, appeal to his morality and uh, sense of fair play and justice. <laughs> Tess is quaking in his boots at Kevin like, Webster. I'll never get a cheap MOT again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if I was Tess, I'd be like, when I'm out of prison, you're doing my car, anything needs doing to it for free for the rest of my life. That what That's worth it. Yeah. I'd go to prison for about a year for that. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you? Good. Would you go to prison for a year? To well, there never is stuff going wrong with car? my car at the moment, isn't there? We had like, <clears> our car in the garage today because the tyre pressure light keeps coming on, even though we filled it up with air. And I think it's something to do with the fact that they, they changed did, the tyre. They, 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 they put a new tyre on. Hmm? They buggered around yeah, with it, so, and they always do this. Yeah, they did. Say, they garage. gave me a new tyre a month ago, and since then the tyre pressure light's not been going. It's off. like when we and they said we can't find anything wrong with it. You they, have to deal with it. It's very mysterious to me that you take the car in there and it's fine, and you say, "Please MOT and service this." which I pay you for, and then it comes out and suddenly something doesn't work every single time. It's not every single time. Remember that time that the window didn't work? Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah. Occasionally it happens, but anyway. Every time. So now I have a faulty light. Well, just ignore it. Put a sticker over it. I'll deal with it. Tyrone will have to deal with it now because Kev's on honeymoon. That's true. Yeah. Luckily, um, he's got nothing else going on. Anyway, Tez is like, yeah, the gun, I don't remember where I got it from or who I sold it to or anything like that. Um, Abney knows it was Abby and she says you know she kind of gives her a hard time and uh, but she leaves anyway and then um, Abby breaks down because she blames herself for Natasha's death and the only reason that she got it um, away with it was because Roy had to lie and everyone knows that this is giving him moral indigestion oh nice Roy's sitting alone in the darkened cafe and he gets his bag and he and he walks out and he goes to Adam in the lawyer's office and he says, no, he, see, he sees Imran there and he says, I want to sell the cafe and I want to give it and the flat and everything I own to Nina. Ooh. Except the Woody. I'm going to sell that. She's not getting that. Yeah. That was bizarre. It was like everything I own apart from this one thing that I'm going to get really weird about. That is true. I didn't even notice that. Why he didn't like, leave. He needs some money for the plane ticket. <laughs> That's really funny. I like that the Roy and, <coughs> Roy and Imran had a scene together. Have they I ever know. had a scene together before? That was very nice. Two of our favourites. Seeing it up, acting it up together. I know. I just I can only hope that Charlie picks up some tips from David Nielsen. He's <laughs> the greatest actor on the show at the moment because he did say he put his award out. So that other people oh gosh, yeah, that was hilarious. So maybe now Charlie has somebody to look up to finally. <laughs> On Wednesday, Roy cannot bear to see Nina so forlorn. Oh. He apologises for accusing her yesterday. She's very relieved. And then he says, you mean the world to me, but I cannot burden you with my guilt and pain anymore. Then he goes off to the, to the um, garage to ask Abby if he can sell the Woody. And she's like, Why? And he's like, look, I'm going to sell it. I want it sold. I don't care who to. Just sold it out. they show the Woody this week? No. Or did they just talk about I it? I think the Corrie has accidentally like, broken it or something. <laughs> <laughs> like somebody in the props department's like, just can we, you know someone on the script department, can you just write it out? 
because I actually don't know where it is. See, I'm, I can't, a... I'm sure I took it. I took it to the shop, but I think I left it there. I have to say, I'm not particularly worried about the fact that Roy's uh, buggered off uh, this week. He'll be back, because that wasn't his end, was it? But I am starting to get a bit a bit concerned that we will never see the Woody again on Coronation Street. It's like the paperboy. They threaten it, and then they bring him back without a fanfare. Mm. And I'm so thick, I didn't even notice. <clears throat> so she's like... Abby's like, oh yeah, I know a guy who collects them. I know a guy who collects mean? Woody's. What, cars, or that specific car... How much money has this man got and how much space has he got to just collect the same car over and over again? She thinks she thinks she's talking about the uh, the, the, the hot Christmas toy of 1996. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Woody. Yeah, I know. I've got a guy who can shift that. It's got Andy written on it, but, as long as it's an original. Um, he tell, She tells um, him about the Tez news, but he doesn't want to talk about it. He leaves her the keys and says he's got a lot to, to get done today. He's being very mysterious and weird. Mm. And I said to you, I was like, hmm... Are we supposed to think he's going to kill himself? Mm. Um, Abby comes into the cafe later to tell him he's she's found a buyer, um, but he's not there, so she tells Nina. And he's like, what? He'd never do that. He'd never sell that car. And um, Nina says to Abby that Roy's been on edge for weeks and he's not coping and she's getting very worried about him. Then Adam comes into the cafe to say to Nina, oh yeah, um, I need to talk to you about the legal stuff about you taking over the cafe. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, yeah, he's leaving you the cafe. And she's like, what, in, the, in his will? And Adam's like, no, now. He's giving it to you now. Do you not know about this? And she's, like, freaking out. She goes to the garage. She's all a flap. That's good. Good phrase. Thanks. She does a lot of that this week, doesn't she? There's a lot of flapping about. Um, thinking Roy is about to kill himself. And they use the phrase, take his own life, which I, you're, not, you're not supposed to use the phrase committed suicide anymore because it has lots of bad connotations, but it doesn't leave you with many other things and ways and euphemisms that really... They think that he's going to come a cropper. <laughs> yeah, because we will often cropper, say cropper on, self, topper. On, the, on the podcast, we usually say kill himself or herself, because I feel that it's silly to kind of pussyfoot around what it is. And I think that euphemisms can sometimes um, hurt people more than they help them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also very brutal, isn't it? But take his own life is also a bit of a weird kind of phrasing in that moment. Just just call a spade a spade, that's what I say. It's, obvious, it's obviously a better way of, um, of describing it than the way we have been doing it. Like, you know, as though it's a crime, which it was, you know, in the past. It's just interesting. I just thought the semantics that we used were, were kind of stood out to me a little bit because of all the stuff that I've been doing myself about how to speak about certain things. But I don't think there's any one way. And I think as long as you've thought about why it is, what it is you're saying and why you have chosen to say it that way, I think it's fine. Me too. I know you do. Um, she's worried that he has, has taken his own life um, or he's planning to, or maybe he's already done it and they need to hurry up and find him before it's too late. Um, then we get Daniel tricking Kelly. Is this the right story? Um, this is to do this with is Kelly. not the right story. No. Um, Nina searches. I <laughs> really tried hard with no, this. No, it's fine. Don't worry. Oh, Everyone's on board with you. Okay. Michael's had a very tough week at work. Everybody. <laughs> very tough. Oh dear. Carry um, on. I have, to, I have to remember this to be later. Come I know. On, let's just keep, <laughs> just keep this in my head. Listen. 
Um, Nina searches the flat. Roy hasn't taken anything with him, which is, you know, is that good or bad? So she's... It's bad if you're Nina. It's like, oh, it's going to take me months to get rid of all this. Oh, Roy, you've left your skull. <laughs> sure you don't need that in South Africa? South America, sorry. Oh, dear. It's like, no, I'll get one while I'm there. Literally. He, she just needs to <coughs> chuck a lit match, put paraffin all over his flat, light it, and then start oh, again. Oh, Roy, there was a mysterious fire. <laughs> um... Yeah, what would you do if you didn't know where, like, how long he's going to be? Because, like, if he's gone for, like, the weekend and he comes back and you've put all his stuff in bin bags (laughs) by the the charity shop, he might be offended. Yeah. But at the same time, you could be there for months with all this crap. Mm. You don't know, she might like train sets. Um, Anyway, she she phones up Carla and leaves a message... Um, like, oh no, he's he's, he's got, got involved in something dark, yeah. and I don't know where he is and I'm really, really worried. But then Roy comes in and she puts the phone down and she starts jabbering at him like, oh, don't, don't end your life, don't end your life. And I was like, no, I'm not going to, but I am going to leave Weatherfield tonight. I'm going to work as a chef in South America. No more questions. I can't remember. He did, he did go more into detail than that, like who he's chefing for. It's not like... Um... It does sound like a story that you might give as an alibi if you're in a crime documentary he's not like being personal chef of the you know the the drug lord of Rio or anything like that (laughs) that was laborious didn't you (laughs) he's a a mate of Jacob's so he passed his contacts on so he's I see I see Sam every day and it torments me as indeed it should and Nina's like, no, don't, you don't need to go, don't, don't leave, blah, blah, blah. I think he's being a bit of a dickhead, to be honest, because he's she just was dumping really, her really, in... te- she was terrified, wasn't she? She well, was so distressed about the idea about him leaving. She's like, don't, don't, don't go, he's please. the I'm last going. person left. What? In her family. Yeah. She is a Mom's young... Mum's dead, dad's dead. She's a young girl. She doesn't have, she doesn't have any support. She doesn't have any adults in her life apart from him. And he's like, oh, I just feel really sad about that kid who can't speak. And he'll be, still be talking by Christmas, Roy. What are you doing? Mm. And also leaving her to run a, run a business. I know. I mean, she's been working there for... <coughs> excuse me, a bit of a hiccup there. She's been working there for a good year and a half, two years now, hasn't she? Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that at a drop of a hat she can suddenly become run the manager, owner. I mean, I know that her... Her wooden spoon innovation was quite fun and quirky, but that's the only time that she's ever the done only anything. contribution she's made, like, isn't it? A spoon that says, do. come and sit with me, please. And a spoon that says, it's COVID now. <laughs> yeah, don't Keep come to your own table. <laughs> Ever's busy hit somebody over if they're getting <laughs> yeah. too far, too close to you. The two metre long spoon. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's not great, is it? But, it, okay. Nina finds Carla in the pub and tells her about Roy and then um, we have a gathering of Fizz, Chez, Carla, Kathy, Brian and Nina all outside the cafe, just safely distanced from each other and indeed Roy, trying to convince him... <laughs> it didn't look right, did it? it was not a bit... to... There's too many glare... The thing is, there's loads of interior scenes where they're like right up in each other's business now. Like yeah. when Kevin was going, please can we go away? I don't care about your problems. Let's go on honeymoon. And he was like hugging her and everything. And then when they're actually outside, where you would assume it's probably less important distance they were like hey Roy (laughs) see you (laughs) it was it was kind of sweet but also kind of cheesy and awkward wasn't it like Kathy's like oh remember that story where we nearly got married and probably half the people watching went what what? and the the other half again yeah that was weird wasn't it she says 
I'm glad we didn't get married in the end because I like you as a friend. What a, what a burn. <laughs> I know. That's like, she's no, it's like Roy, um, Roy knows what it's like to be Craig now, doesn't it? In the friend zone with Faye. Yeah. Where else was there? Carla was saying, oh, my dad's dead. I really love you. Ches- she's like, I can't believe another man has left everything in his will to somebody else. I thought you were, I was your surrogate daughter. Yeah. My dad's dead, left Jenny 20 grand. You've buggered off to South America. You leave her for your flat in your cafe. Bye then. Yeah, Aidan probably left all this to Susie. This is the trouble, Carla. You you act too self-sufficient. <laughs> anyway, everyone's like, Roy's so great. Um, Carla's trying to persuade him to character. leave. Why do you want to go anyway? What? Um, and then she gets suspicious because she got that weird voicemail from Nina. Yeah, saying that Roy's, Roy's getting into something he's got dark. dragged into something. What yeah, he's si- found what a cradle of filth CD, Carla. I <laughs> can't, can't get him to stop playing it on repeat now. I don't know what he's going to do. He's just got really dark and moody and he's died <laughs> asking if I can borrow my eyeshadow. Like, no, Roy, once you go down that, that route, there's no going back. Um, so she, she, everyone's trying to stop him from leaving. I don't think Carla finds out at this stage. <clears throat> But eventually, uh, Roy's, like, locks up, gets into the taxi. He's saying, it's my only hope for peace. I need to go away and atone for what I've done. Why put this on South America? What can they do for you, Roy? What spiritual, like, enlightenment are you going to find in in South America that you could not find in Skegness? I want to see him at the Rio Carnival. I want to see him with, like, sparkles and spangles (laughs) and everything. Everyone's like, cha 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 cha, cha 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 cha, with their big feathers, and he's just there with his bag following, going, <laughs> Everyone's unique in their own way. I'm the most special one in the parade because I'm just me. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> he is not, he's not listening How's to anybody. What's your cough doing, Gemma? I think I'm people sorry, are wondering. Gonna... You get a bit of frog in your throat today. I do. You? We're, not, we're not particularly suffering so much anymore with our. I feel fine now. I've just got things. this um, frog in my throat. Mm. Or is it a toad? Or are they the same thing? Is it Jury's a sausage? Out. Is it a toad and a whole sort of sausage? It's a hole or a sausage. No, hang on. <laughs> it's a toad or a hole. We're missing a very important thing that happens this at the end of Wednesday's poignant, episode. This is important, everybody. Roy gets in a taxi and goes. Um, yeah, she says, you're the only person in the world I trust. I love you. Um, you said you'd always look out for me. And he's like, sorry, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, he does, doesn't he? He's like, no, I've decided, actually. Hi. He's like, look. Have a nice life. They can't cook their own food in South America. They're all waiting for me to get there. I don't know what it is they eat. I guess it's rice and peas? Mm. Beans? I don't know. Um, I'm sure they have a fine cuisine in South America. I'm sure. I'm certain they do. Um, Brazil nuts. He wrote... (laughs) He rolls... Chilies. ...off down the cobbles. Very new world food. Mm. Potatoes. Turkeys. Yeah. Yams. He was, I can't remember, did you see on Twitter, somebody added us into it today, they had a picture of Roy in the back of a taxi. <laughs> yeah, on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Whiskers well, the cow or something. Oh yeah, that's right, wasn't it? And it was, um, there was like a caption as if he was leaving, uh, come, come dine, dine with me. me. <laughs> it was really funny, it does not got enough likes. No, it hasn't, it was really, really chuckle cheated everything. <clears throat> it was, it made me chuckle. It yes. took me a little while to get it. <laughs> It's funny. Well, if you want to see it, it's we retweeted it. Yes. So give it a like. On Friday, Abby cannot believe that Roy's gone and it's all her fault. And Kevin says, Don't worry about it. He literally is, is like, Look, it's a real turn off for me when you talk about stuff that isn't about me, Kevin. Um, 
And what we're having for D. No, he so, is thinking of her. He doesn't want her to, I, to spiral downwards again. He doesn't want her going off cooking the teas of the people in South America. I know. He's going to cook his He's tea. getting worried now. He's like, Rory's a professional. And he's gone. Who's next? <laughs> I think, um, I feel the same way now about Kevin as I do about Tim. Where everything he does, I'm just like looking for a way that I can twist it to make him look bad. And Kevin Kevin's is just like... He, he says, don't beat yourself up about it. Me and Jack need you. <laughs> oh, so that, if that's the main reason. <laughs> Debbie says, what, to Kevin? Go off on honeymoon. Yeah, this is the bit where Kevin's like, can't go on honeymoon. It's November. God, forgetting that in some parts of the world... <clears throat> It's like not, South America. It's, it's not miserable and dreary and grey. In fact, at the moment in Weatherfield, it's looking quite nice. It's looking quite mid-Septemberry with Keller Kelly on the street at the moment, isn't I it? I can't but believe. Like, also, Kevin, look at look at him. He looks like he's come back from the Algarve every weekend. I know. <laughs> he's got such he a get, tan. He goes in his private jet. <laughs> I can't believe that Kevin is such a Neanderthal, thicko, brain-dead moron that he literally oh. cannot conceive of going on holiday in November. Like, the idea doesn't exist in his brain. Like, what? Can't go on all day in November. What do you mean? Kevin, they've invented aeroplanes. What are you talking about? You're actually He's got mad. married so many times. Anyway, surely one of them must have, just statistically, one of them must have been in, uh, in October, November time. Must have Does done he it know that there's another hemisphere of this planet? <laughs> anyway, um, that, that gives him the idea. So really, it's Debbie's fault. Yeah. Um, Leanne is, um, is this this story? Uh, Sam. Yes, this is. This is where it kind of segues back into the Sam story because Abby comes into it later. It's Ollie's death day today, isn't it? A year ago, we were watching old Leanne press the off button. I pulling do the think plug. That's how they do it. Smothering with a pillow. Letting him it's go. It's like, how would you like to do it? You can pull the plug out. There's a big button we can press, but it does go. So I don't know if you want to do it that way. Bring down the guillotine. <laughs> how insensitive of you. Um, so she's there, she is struggling, Toya gives her some flowers, um, later on, Abby sees them on the way to drop the flowers at the grave, and she says, oh, would Sam like to come around with Jack? I like how you said drop the flowers at the grave, like they walk into to the grave and just like chuck them. She's there like, you right, go, Wallo. let's go to McDonald's, <laughs> let's do it, go on and get a festive pie. <laughs> Oh, you had your festive pie last week, you wanted a festive pie. pie. Like, I've wanted a festive pie for years. The first time I ever heard of them, we went to a drive-thru and they didn't they didn't put it in the bag and we were like driving home from Coventry. So that was that. Then COVID happened and they stopped making them and now they've brought them back and I can finally have one. Yeah. And it's delicious. And if you don't live in the UK... Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Michael's just applauding the cat jumping into the wardrobe. He just did a really big jump up to the top of the wardrobe. Anyway, best of pie... Is a McDonald's and in America, I know you guys don't get fried pies, which I don't think is fair. But in in England and in, in Britain, sorry, UK, we have nice fried apple pies. But it's a fried pie, and inside is custard and minced meat. Not minced meat. No, delicious raisins and. Disgusting. Oh, so, so delicious. We're having more and more little side discussions about food on the podcast. We even like... There, there it's because of Thanksgiving. I'm so excited and hyped up. There are even been... a couple of threads about pizza flavours and pepperoni oh. and bin pizzas on the I Facebook group. I can't stop thinking about food. Week, I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> it's because we got a chest pizza as well. Was that Monday? 
Yes, yeah, we, we got about, a chest freezer on Monday, podcast, and so. we spent so much money, and I, I keep going in there and looking at it. Do you? <laughs> you opening the fresh chest freezer, like the case in yeah. um, Reservoir. Was it, no, what was it? Was it with the, yeah. Is it Reservoir case. Dogs with the case? Yeah, no, it's gold. Pulp Fiction with the case. It's Pulp Fiction. It's a Tarantino movie. Yeah. What am I talking about? Um, laying flowers on Ollie's grave. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I made a load of bolognese. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, they drop, they, they carefully lay the flowers. Is that better? Yes. Um, on the grave. But we don't get to see Presumably. that. Presumably. We presume. Um, but meanwhile, Abby's offering to have Sam around with Jack because they're like, so alike. They can both kind of have a conversation about what it's like to be a completely different size to everybody else their, their age. Jack is definitely supposed to be like, I'm going to say a year or two maybe older than Sam, but but maybe not that much. They're, but um, yeah, they're, they're old <coughs> enough to be able to play football or whatever it was together, aren't they? Which is what they're doing with Abby later on. They're down by the, uh, down by the garage and they're playing a football checking game. Yeah, Abby's like using all of her powers of manipulation which are incredibly feeble and weak to try to trick Sam into saying something so she's like hey Sam let's play a game where you throw the ball in the air and then you have to say one of our names and then we have to head it back to you and you can like trick us and use misdirection and like look at me but say say Jack's name and stuff like that and it'll be fun and and um she's just desperately trying to atone for herself isn't she? Well she, she? wants she... him to go back to normal so that she doesn't feel guilty anymore. Yeah, every time that she looks at his little sad silent face. Yeah. And Jack's like, "I don't think he wants to play this." No, and, and... I don't think he wants to play this. Abby. <laughs> Leave it out, love. I think he's done with this. Anyway, Jack's like, "I don't think he wants to play anymore." Um she's like, "No, he has to. He has to speak. He has to speak." And she like goes right up to him. She's like, "Speak to me!" And then Kevin comes out. He's like, "Oi!" Isn't he? He's like, "Oi! What are you? What are you up to? Just leave it at back at home." <laughs> Can't relate. I can <laughs> It's my people. Kevin doing his Danny Dyer impression. Hey, calm down. Can I get a? Can I get a soap award? In it. Uh, back at home again. Abby is crying about the thought of Sam uh, losing his mum because of her. Um, and Kevin's like. Yeah, but let's go on holiday. Let's just go on holiday. That's basically what he says. His solution is, I know it's a bummer to see Sam looking miserable, so why don't we go where he's not? Works for me. There's another hemisphere, did you know? <laughs> we can go across the equator and it's warm. So He should um, really go off on holiday to like where Sophie is, or Rosie maybe. Sophie! <laughs> Rosie! <laughs> Put kettle he- on. Yeah, but Japan's we're cold. We're not playing for ten hour. Japan's cold oh, as well. Yeah. Um, Bali's they not go, there, they... I think Sophie is, actually. I don't know. I thought that was where Kate was. Did Kate and... I thought Sophie went off together. Anyway. Um, they go... Basically, they go together um, and Kevin hurries her into the car because at that moment, Kelly is making her return. What's that? Kelly's back? Spoiler. You'll have to wait until we talk about that bit. Yes. So. Can I blow my nose? Yes, you can. Can you mute it or something? Um, I will just press the mute button. Go. Oh, that that was Did a that great. Work? That was a great blow there. Yeah, yeah, that was muted. I'm pretty sure that was probably muted. Maybe Hopefully. we'll find out. I don't know, listeners. Did you hear Gemma blow her nose there? It was great. Oh, so okay, well, that's good then. If I need to cough, I'll press that button. No, don't. Right. Is 
Is Roy leaving, Gemma? What do you think? And, did, and you say you didn't you <coughs> know that any of this was coming up. I didn't it was know. A bit of a surprise I'm for like, you. whatever. I wish it had been a surprise for me. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm still doing yeah, pretty but well. Yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah, but this is the thing. There's a bit of a weird double-edged sword with all of this with me because if I don't know or have not heard that some, somebody's leaving, because normally I will find out unless Coronation Street has made a conscious decision to keep it a secret, somehow you'll tell me or someone else will tell me or I'll read it somewhere or it'll come to me or yeah, you'll say in like a street talk thing at Cabin Extra or whatever, you'll tell me hmm. that somebody's leaving. So I'll know. But then when you get something like this where somebody's leaving, I'm just... Uh, and I know that they're not because I haven't heard that they are. I'm like, well, no. I'm I'm wondering. Be back. Uh, that's what I mean. I just think he's going on holiday or something. Like David characters like, always got bog my off award, for a little I'm bit. Off. Like you know, Faye went to prison for six months. It just, and... but it just find find it really inconsistent. And I know it's not really it's not really their fault, but it's really inconsistent the way that we get told. Sometimes it's like they make. Sometimes they make a conscious effort to say. We'd have to explain. We have to explain where Roy's going. Not why Roy's not going to be in it for two months. What should we do? Well, we have to be, do a big scene. But then they'll have people like Imran and Toya in it for like a year, not saying anything and appearing in the background with a with a with a Costa coffee or something. Mm. <clears throat> Another good jump from Abby there. Um, no, you know I, what I mean. Yeah, like there, there will be unexplained absences because of scheduling or storyline issues. Or or, or there will be somebody going on holiday or taking a break to do a play or I don't know. This has just been weird because I've been I've been having a little look on the Curry social media and stuff and there hasn't been anything about, oh, that was David Nilsson's last scene, Roy's gone, let's look at Roy's best moments, let's do a Tara farewell, Roy special on ITV, which can only lead one to assume that he's not going and David Nilsson is just going for a break but for a bit. But that's odd as well because you remember when he did that stage play a couple of years ago and he had his big beard and his fez and everything. Yeah, and, I remember that. And, and that was a big thing was made about, oh, don't worry everybody, he's not going, he's He's just going to go and tread the boards for a little bit. But I, I don't think we've heard anything here. So I think Corrie wants to kind of keep us guessing. So I, I'm not particularly worried about it. But it also, in the little back of my head, I'm thinking, could he be having an Emily Bishop moment here? Because when Eileen Derbyshire left the show, That's when exactly was that, was 2013 thinking. or so, she was like, bye, everybody, <coughs> I'm just off to ooh, South America for a little I'm bit. I'm going to do I'm some going to do some, Yeah, I'm going to do some charity work in Brazil. I'll be back, though. And we thought, OK, maybe she's going to be back. And then kind of the, the weeks and the months and whatever went on. And she's like, hang on a minute, is Emily going to come back? And then, and then she never did. She just had a little Zoom call for Ken's 80th birthday and there is definitely a possibility that this could unintentionally be I think the end of Roy I, I, I still don't thing. think it is because I'm like 20% this could be the end of Roy yeah I probably would put myself about a similar percentage I, I don't think, think it really <coughs> is but it's not and honestly, impossible I wouldn't even know whether David Nielsen necessarily maybe has decided himself Yeah, I, I would imagine that he's going to do the same thing again Go off and do a play or whatever. Yeah, that, that's what. Or is I'm he going to be in a panto? I don't think Roy would, um, David, sorry, would be in a panto. <laughs> it, it's just odd how they're being a bit quiet about it. But I mean, we do have to prepare ourselves for the fact that you know David Nilsson is seventy-two now. He's not going to be in the show forever. Same as you know a lot of the old guard here. In a decade, two decades or whatever, they're not going to be there. And we're going to be losing some really cracking um, long-termers at some point and it and it's weird to think about really a show without Roy um but I know uh, I, I, I don't think this is it yet um and, and if it is 
it feels like it's it wouldn't it's it wasn't weird. the best exit say, it's everybody gathered at a two meter distance from each other saying was, aren't you great and then he kind of is horrible to Nina and then buggers off it was too much of a big deal for a for a short absence but it was also not enough of a deal yeah. for an exit yeah but then Emily, Emily Bishops was also no big deal wasn't it she had a storyline that lasted what a week that led up to her disappearing off to uh, <coughs> to Brazil so I don't and know and I also want to say it's not in character either what what Roy's done here Part, I, I'm thinking partly it is and partly it isn't. I think when, when Nina was standing there crying a little heart out, saying, don't leave me, don't leave me, I think that Roy would have enough compassion to maybe isn't... change his mind. But it is, I, I do think it is very, very true to say that when he makes his mind up about something, he does it and he, he, doesn't, he doesn't like to waver. And he is definitely, it's very much in character for him to not be able to resolve the, all the issues with himself about lying. When he lied to the police a month or two ago, whenever it was, everyone was saying, no, no, Roy would never do that. And I was also thinking that, also in the back of my head saying, oh, they're going to have Roy lie and he's going to be worried about it for a bit and then it will get swept under the carpet. But I'm really glad that it's not. I'm glad that there has shown to be very in-character consequences of him going against his mm, moral code. The other, but the thing is, though, I think if you look back at how traumatised he was with his mum abandoning him when he was young and then also abandoning him when Hayley died, I can't see him doing that to, to Nina. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Um, Sylvia went off for a bit, didn't didn't she? Well, Sylvia abandoned him as a kid, yeah. didn't she? Yeah, she did, she and did. Then, and then she left when Hayley was dying and he definitely has mentioned this b- before mm. as being a sort of example of her being a terrible mother. Yeah. So he's being a really awful uncle. And I guess in a way, maybe he thinks he's sol- is like, um, put a solve on his conscious conscience by giving her everything. But he knows there's no substitute for yeah. the, somebody's Human presence. Warmth. Yeah, in your life. Yeah. I think they did quite a good job over the week of showing his growing um, discomfort with the idea that he lied. Um, I guess it, it wasn't just point, like though. oh this is a bit rubbish he, he was he was driven to the edge and that, that rant he had at one point about I don't like lying there's um, he said at least the truth is consistent and lies you're always trying to remember and keep this story running in your head and I can't do that I thought that yeah, was really nicely good. written um, I think um... <clears throat> the pro- the, I suppose the problem is for me is I wish that they hadn't in a way, set this story up. Because whatever happens, if and when he comes back, how are Abby and Roy going to be able to come through this? Because at the end of the day, they can't bring Natasha back to life. They're not going to have Sam go, oh, well, I'm not that sad anymore about me mam dying. I don't really mind. So I I don't know how in the future... (coughs) They can have Roy say, I have come to terms with what I've done. I don't know Roy. how... Yeah, or, or Abby. I don't know how they can have her go, just I don't mind like anymore. They do. Unless they say, let's move Sam off the street. But they're not going to do that, are they? So it feels it feels a little bit like they've written themselves into a hole for the sake of drama. Maybe I'm wrong. I probably am. I know that they've got some great storyliners on Coronation Street who plan things many, many months in advance. I just think this is a very, very deep hole that they've dug themselves into. Quite ironic, considering the latest storyline developments we've had on the street. And sometimes no. you, you, you make your cliffhangers and then you can't get out of them. Well, also, at certain point, you know, an actor says, 
can I, I want to go. And you're at the point of the story where there's only a logic, there's only a few logical ways to explain why they would leave. And you just have to take the one that makes the most sense. Yeah. But I, I don't think he's gone. I don't think he has. No, I know. I don't think so either, but, you know. What What would you like to see from a Roy exit? I want him to die. That's the only way out. Can we actually... Would you like a reunion with Hayley? You know, the Hes would do it. They can't do that. Yeah, no. I know. I, I think it would be difficult to not have the comparisons of Jack and Vera, but the idea of him reuniting with Hayley would be quite sweet but equally I don't know whether that would be in his character as well because he's adamantly he doesn't you know he doesn't believe in an afterlife he believes once she's dead she's dead and actually having Hayley come back for him would be weirdly out of character for his final moments um a death does seem well it reminds mm. me a little bit of what the the story about Steve Jobs and his final final words oh yeah what did he say wow 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 is that what it was? Yeah. Oh. Like he saw something profound and life changing. Well, not that he had much of it left. <laughs> um, and it kind of altered everything he thought he knew. That's mm. the that's the kind of um, implication of, of that, that story, whether or not it actually happened, I don't know. Mm. But having something similar, like even if he just said, oh, it's Hayley. Even that, because you can explain that logically as his brain is coming up with something. It knows that it's the end. Your brain seems to do this to be to to they, you know, as as you're dying, your your brain does seem to kind of give you things to comfort you and release hormones and stuff to try to ease your passing. I don't know why it does that. It's very nice, <laughs> um, but it's not. There's no biological sort of evolutionary re- like benefit to that, is there? No. Um, which makes you think maybe there's a spiritual aspect. Mm. But it'd be nice because you can say it's his brain just seeing things or you could say he, she's an angel in heaven and she's come down to take him back. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I think death would be a better one for him because, um, you know, that, that there wouldn't be a dry eye in the house. And I, and I think that this particular departure, people were a bit like, whoa, but I, it didn't feel, didn't feel really sad. And it's it. We, you joke about characters leaving in the back of a taxi and it, mm. it doesn't feel right for Roy. I know, Roy feels like he needs to die heroically, almost. Mm. You know, beating Gary Windass to death with bat, <laughs> like he's always wanted to. Yeah. Um, do, do, would you, do you think that Natasha's death is either Abby's I fault? you were asking me if I think Natasha's dead. Do you think that she's <laughs> like, definitely yeah, dead? Could dead. she come back, yeah. <laughs> well, the full general's do like, you, do shut you, up, do you you're going to get us in trouble. Do you think Abby's fault or Roy's fault or, or Nina's fault for not saying anything about it? Do you do you blame her or do you like Sam and you think it's Harvey's fault and they should all stop getting their knickers in a It's really weird it? the way, sometimes I'll get really, really intensely involved in the morality of a storyline and I will um, take things like almost like they're real. Like the way I feel about Kelly, I don't. I kind of treat her like she's a real person. But this storyline, I'm completely checked out of it as a as a real thing. And I'm like, I don't even consider in my mind whose fault is it that Natasha died. Like, it's it. I literally, I my my thoughts are it was in the script. And she left. It was super so weak. That's literally it was quite my. Exciting, wasn't that's it? my my thought. Yeah. Uh, up until now, a completely unobserved thought that has been in my mind, 
without me really realising that was my opinion on it. Mm. But yeah, some things I get like, and I know that Coronation Street doesn't intend for me to think so deeply about some of these things, but I do. And then other things I just don't even have an opinion on. Yeah. I, like I, I was saying Honestly, that... I find that, I find this part of the story very boring. Whose fault is it? Oh, everyone blames themselves. Yeah. Some things just happen. Some some of these things also, I feel as though they have to be written in. Otherwise, all these characters would be psychopaths. <laughs> like, we have to have a bit of guilt and introspection and reflection from these characters because they're all supposed to be good guys, aren't they? We're all making deeply flawed mistakes and stuff along the way. And they all have, in certain points in this storyline, but... Um, so they have to beat themselves up about it because otherwise we would as, as viewers yeah. sort of blame them for not feeling bad about it but it's not that interesting to watch honestly <laughs> right let's move on to the next bit of the story then so uh, have, a, have a good break David wherever you're up to um, trouble free so Kelly out on the streets with Stu on Monday um, and he takes her to the soup kitchen now remember what we had in the notes earlier that we need to say here so she goes along to soup kitchen which is all that seems Billy seems to be doing at the moment dishing up the slop she sees him turns around and legs it um Stu catches up with her later and she says oh, i used to know him he, he was my mate's dad kind of um she also starts then opening up about being involved in seb's murder because remember last week steward said hey did you hear about that Dorka was kicked to death the other the other month and this <laughs> scumbag mates who did it with him and that stupid blonde bitch yeah and she says that stupid blonde bitch is me we're allowed to say she got called a bitch and chin the second episode tonight we oh. were warned that, the, yep. that there was like it said there's going to be strong language threat and intimidation from the start for the, the second episode and they said bitch um, so she says, "Have we got yeah, limits? How often we're allowed to say it?" I think, I think there is. I think and we've reached it. She says, um, "I was accused. Didn't hurt Seb. Want me, Governor?" Um, and he understands and says, "Oh, you know, things happen, and here we are. We have to stick together." Look, I'm going to say this. Like, yeah, I kind of agree with her summation of of the events there. But equally, um, I thought she, I thought we were supposed to be feeling sorry for how bad she feels about it but she basically is denying any involvement mm. yeah basically she's like it wasn't me I didn't do it, anything she didn't mention all the other stuff that she, you know um, and they could have written that in if they really wanted to mm. and Stu would have like been forced to have said because the script said don't worry, we've all kicked lads to death. It's just jinx, it's just hijinks. So um, I think it must have been towards the end of this episode that Billy catches up with Imran and says, <clears throat> oh, I think I saw Kelly earlier. I'm not sure whether it was. She had a rud up. And Imran's like, oh, I'm going to find out. I think maybe I should be checking up with Laura about this, which is what we were saying last week in the podcast, isn't it? Why don't they just ask Laura, is Kelly actually with you, like she said? But never mind. So on Wednesday's episode... Um, Toya says she's hitting nothing but dead ends with Kelly Laura's not returning her messages and Imran says hmm maybe it would be a good idea if I went over to Laura's house to go and see if I could find them literally if I want to know where Kelly is I know where she says she is maybe go and visit Imran well done it only took a few episodes to figure this and, out and like um, on Friday we had Ryan literally go to Alia's house to see if she wanted a coffee when he could have just texted her 
<laughs> I know, I know. Um, so, but no, Kelly is not with Laura. Of course, she's still with Stu on the street. He's bought her a big biscuit, not a cookie, she says. No, he... No, he, no she goes, oh, it's a cookie. And yeah, that's like, right. He says it's not a cookie. Shut up. It's a big biscuit. We're Don't British round here. Americans tell you what a biscuit is. <laughs> He's still coughing and that still doesn't go anywhere, does it? Um, He's Tiny Tim. Yeah, um, and, and and she's she's pretty pleased with how you know they're pretty good mates together, and uh, he she says, "Oh, you're my guardian angel." He keeps trying to bring up all week. Maybe you should go back to your friends and family. She's saying, oh, "I love having you as my mates, Joe." And he's like, "Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah but you you've also got go home, kid. Whose job is to?" <laughs> and this is this what bothered me honestly. Again, Coronation Street. I feel like it's depicting homelessness as a choice that is being made on a on a continual basis. Well, Stu like doesn't seem to have any choice. She constantly has the reason. choice of whether to be homeless or not, and it's a decision that she makes every day. She wakes up, and she could go back, but she chooses not to. And I don't think that's fair on homeless people. She says people. she's made too big of a mistake. I just think there are other ways of depicting the real, genuine reasons that people find themselves without a, ho- a home to live in, mm. and this is not. This is just, a, this isn't, but obviously this isn't a story about homelessness um, because there would be a lot of other things that were happening to Kelly. The fact that at one point she was like, surround, like she had three different blokes come up to her trying to talk to her and get stuff off of her and she was at no point in any danger of being sexually assaulted is very unrealistic. She wasn't at the hotel the other week though. Well, you know, that's, isn't that weird? She would, she would be a target. Stu, I don't know if that we're supposed to kind of be have it insinuated to us that that's what Stu's doing. No, like he's, protecting a, he's a her. No, protecting oh. her because he knows. But honestly, she's a little petite, beautiful, blonde girl. Well made up. Who is very naive, who has just found herself on the streets. She would have a blimmin' target painted right mm. on her. Well, she gets fed up of all his questions and nagging about going back home. So she says, no, you tell me about you. And we get a little bit of backstory from Stu here. Apparently he used to be a cook in the Navy or something, does he say? And uh, and then he went... In South America. Probably, yeah. Probably sailing around, uh, around the, the South the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, oh, I wanted that, maybe. And then he, then he worked in a pub for a bit. And um, it then closed he had closed with the COVID and that suck. Um, so it's a nice little bit of backstory. It doesn't go anywhere. Imran catches up with Daniel. Quite and surprising says, that he doesn't. He didn't have any money from the government when everyone was furloughed. <laughs> Daniel, I guess he was. I guess he was an independent contractor. He was fiddling his taxes. <laughs> um, anyway, yes. Yeah, so Imran catches up with Daniel. And is like, I have got a plan. I need you for this. So the plan is that Daniel is going to pretend that he wants to write a story from Le- uh, Leela, <coughs> Laura about <laughs> Kelly. Um, and and he kind of ensnares her and brings her along to the bistro, but um, it's it's just a trap, isn't it? Because while they're waiting there, Imran kind of schmoozes in and said, "Aha! I just wanted to talk to you. Um, tell me where. Tell me about Kelly." And Laura's like, "I haven't seen Kelly. I don't know where she is. I've I've moved in. I've got a new boyfriend. He's got a hot tub and everything. It's great." Now this to me was realistic. Um, there are very many examples of people who are young adults who are kind of old enough to theoretically be independent from their parents being pushed out of their homes before they're ready because their partners, their, their, sorry, their parents have a new partner mm, who doesn't mm, like them. Yeah. That is a story that's logical and it would have made sense. Wouldn't it have made more sense to have Kelly move in with her mum very briefly 
only to have Kelly go and Laura, Laura say, you're not staying longer than the weekend though, are you? Because Roy, uh, Ray doesn't really like you. You know what I mean? She would have still had the option to go back to him running toilet. I guess so, but it, it just feels... It yeah, feels like a more authentic story of how people become homeless. <laughs> people don't become homeless because they kicked, they watched someone else kick someone to death and then they went to prison for it and then they came out of prison but everyone still blamed them and their foster parents couldn't take them in because they've also got <laughs> a cute little girl who can't be homed with other children because she kills them in their sleep. <laughs> people get homeless for many reasons, Jen, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Can I just say, I don't think, if you would join a survey on homelessness, I don't think that would be an option. I think you'd have to write that in the other. other. (laughs) Please please, please leave a comment. There's not enough enough room all these words. So Imran's hit a dead end there anyway, basically. Meanwhile, we've got Stu still going on to Kelly, still saying, oh, maybe you should go back to Imran and Toy, go on. And Kelly snaps, says, look, shut up. No wonder nobody loves you. Just keep badgering on. Leave me alone. I don't need you anymore. And he kind of gets the message and shuffles off. Um, then um, she we, she oh, ends up the episode. It's just like a movie where there's a, a cute so stray sad. dog and you kind of make them shoo. Yeah, Kelly kind of ends the episode dossing down under some cardboard in the same place that she was at before, and then some bloke tries to give her some spice, which is the the hot new drug of Manchester. So I shan't Summer have any. A few years ago, doesn't she? She turns him down at first, but um, he's very insistent. This spice guy, and he's back on Friday morning harassing her again and saying, oh, a "Free sample of spice," and then who shows up to see him off? But Jacob, Jacob Hay, lovely Jack James Ryan is back on Coronation Street, and again, sadly, this is something that was leaked to me. I found out leaked. this. Uh, uh, not leaked, you know, spoiled for me. I think I saw on. Friday last week that he was coming back so I nearly it was nearly a surprise when I watched it but that's great to see him back although he does only get one scene doesn't he um just telling this spice boy to do one he's like do you know who I am um and and then the guy goes and Jacob says look you need to stay clear of people like him he gives you free samples and then you're hooked it's that's a bit of a uh, PSA really but then Stu comes up calls (laughs) Jacob a parasite and then he bogs off it just really reminded me of that scene in Love Actually where Bill Nye's character's like don't buy don't buy drugs kids kids become a pop star and they give you them for free (laughs) so he would be saying become homeless and you get at least one for free I was thinking it'd be a good um, I reckon Kelly could be a hustler. Just go to a new area every night. Pretend that she's a, new, a young, naive, new, newly homeless girl. Oh, oh, drugs! I don't. I couldn't possibly. A free sample, you say? <laughs> oh, what if you insist? Yeah. <laughs> and just moving on. Just to the move next on guy. to the next mark. It was good to see Jacob. It was. It felt very oddly. I mean, I assume that it's, this isn't a one-off appearance, and that we're going to be seeing more of him. It felt a bit like another. PSA where he was like oh I have to deal because it's not as easy as you think I I, I want to know what his situation is now because the last time we saw Jacob he was being ushered into a car by Harvey wasn't I where he was getting some bells kicked out of him and, I know. We, and we never saw any, res- any result of that because he'd been um, selling what has he been doing? Had he been cutting the, uh, the drugs or something with with some cheap stuff and then selling extra? On the, been, I don't know. I don't know what drug dealers it kind do. Of, it remi- it makes been, me wonder what the fate of Henry is. 
I know, I know. If one, if like, if you end up in the back of a van being beaten to a pulp, and then the next thing you know, you're on the streets doing being a drug dealer. Is that where Henry is now? I, I, I think we were kind of led to believe that Jacob was a little worse for wear after his last encounter with Harvey. But now <clears> Harvey's <throat> banged up. I suppose he's free to roam the streets once more, and he's not learned a lesson. Ja- Jacob's wandering the streets of Weatherfield selling spice to little girls. He's and not Hen- selling spice. No, but I think he was. I think he was selling something. Oh, maybe. And, and um, Henry Henry's wandering Chelsea trying to sell cocaine <laughs> to businessmen. Anyway, lovely to see him. It can't have been just for that scene. Let's see what happens maybe next week. Um, I'm, I just I, I'm think guessing... there's going to be some kind of... I think that he's going to go back and try and be friends with Kelly for a bit. Stu's going to die. So, I That's think my St- prediction. I think Stu's, Stu's got some die. kind of like lung cancer or something. Or... Yeah pneumonia or some some kind of thing that has not been helped by being homeless. Well, by the end of this episode, Kelly's living up at the, the poshest house on that side of the street, isn't she, number seven? So she doesn't need Stu anymore. But yeah, I think that I think that um, Jacob's going to come back and then he's going to get him... Because Simon's kind of fancying Kelly at the moment, isn't he? And Simon and Jacob used to be kind of friends, but actually Jacob was just yeah, controlling right. Simon and getting him to beat people up in the backs of cars and stuff. So... There's there's lots of potential for stuff happening there, but it doesn't involve having more Simon on the show, which isn't the best. <laughs> so anyway, um, it, uh, he he goes he 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 goes begging to Nina, doesn't he, Stu, saying, "Oh, you you know you 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 know Kelly, she's sleeping on the streets. Can you help her out, please?" And Nina stands firm as she has made the decision not to help out this vile Seb kicker. And, um, and Stu's sent on his way. So he goes back to Kelly and says, oh, I spoke to Nina. And she's like, why'd you do that? I told you not to go and speak to Nina. And he says, don't worry, she just needs time. She'll come round. Um, in the meantime, let's get you sorted at a hostel. I'm going to go off and, um, and sort that out for you. Don't go anywhere. She immediately goes against that and phones up the Spice Boy for a, for a hit of Spice. It is a smoky thing, isn't it, Spice? You roll it up. There was a there was a little roll up on the floor, I think. Um, so he he finds he. he um, I don't know. He comes back and he finds that she has well and truly spiced up her life, and she is totally spiced out on the floor. Do you think this is what they say to each other? Yes, that's that's the that's the street lingo. Um, she he says, "Look, stay there while I get help. Don't move." And then she just gets up and shuffles off right over to Media City. And um, she's really this, wanted a prep. Th- this this scene here, I just couldn't watch because it was so 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 familiar. It's literally just outside the big the big building with the black and grey boxes, rectangles all over. That's ba- that is literally the Coronation Street offices, isn't it? Yeah, we've, we've they, spent a they, lot of time I just wanna, in exactly that same spot. The Imperial War Museum was where those boys were. All the cool kids hang around there, don't they? Look oh like, yeah, I think they were. They were. They just come out of the Imperial War Museum, yeah. and now they're waiting for autographs from the Coronation Street cast, harassing Kelly as she walks past. Obviously, they've gone in there and they've looked at these displays about the horrors of war, and so they had to cool down and like chill out with a beer because <laughs> it was just too, too close to home. Yeah, usually I can, you know, overlook things that are a the bit. The trouble is, oh, that's not real. But this, I was like, no, they're just right outside the Corrie building. The trouble there. is that the Coronation Street building has got such a distinctive exterior 
that it is instantly recognisable. There's mm. nowhere else, there's nothing else like it. It doesn't look like anywhere else. No, and then there's also like that, that bread factory, isn't it? The Hovis <laughs> factory with the big, um, the big wheat on the side. It was like, yeah, very difficult. But anyway, she kind of shuffles off um, across the grass towards Trafford Wharf Road there. But um, luckily for her, it looks like Molly Gallagher has finished filming for the day and she comes out and, and oh no, it's actually <laughs> Nina, sorry. And then Nina starts having flashbacks because these these lads start harassing um, Kelly and pouring a pint of beer over her head and, and Nina's going, oh, she's like me when they were going, when the, the nasty people were going after me and other nasty people are going after Kelly, we are the same. I thought... Oh, I think this is quite good because they, they're filming this right next to the studios so that Millie yeah. can go and have a shower to get this beer off of her as soon as the scene finishes. Mm. No, they made her wear that beer hair for the rest of the episode. <laughs> they did, they did, didn't they? Yeah, um, she, if, if only she knew that she just had to go around the corner a little bit and then she was back get home. The, get security Dave to come and poke him with a stick. Yeah. Just, Dave, help know. me! <laughs> I think that the locations manager, when they were picking this, where, where should we film this scene? And they just looked out the window and like, down How about there? down there? Yeah, why Look not? Look at those scallywags. Why don't we ask them? Yeah, they probably weren't even with it in equity weather or anything. <gasps> um, right, so anyway. This was a poignant scene, Michael. This was a very pivotal moment. Nina starts having here. flashbacks and then she's, they, she says, leave her alone. See, she was so brave. Even though she was experiencing extreme mental distress here, she still stood well, she up. She was very for... conflicted, wasn't she? She was going to leave I at save? one point. Do I save the person that? I don't think she was thinking that. I don't know that she was that thought was going through our mind. I think she was just thinking, can I can I stand up for somebody, or should I just walk off, or can I just escape this situation? Well, she is a good Samaritan because she goes and tells them to do one. She says she didn't do anything to you. There was um, a lot of people inviting and other people to do one this episode. There, there were, weren't they? Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's crying and I think they get a bit <coughs> weirded out by her in the light, right, I'm bored of this. Then they say like, oh, go back to the graveyard or something. Yeah, they do. They they go off and um, Kelly comes over and says, oh, I'm so sorry. She kind of like slobbers oh, in front of her, really, doesn't she? Honestly, she's this like, was bowels this before so, her. such a great scene because she just starts crying. It was a, it was really, a good scene. Really, really heartfelt sobbing. Yeah. Uh, like, but she so was many right emotions. in the right position for Nina to have just booted her in the face, wasn't yeah, she? With a massive uh, Doc She did Martins. such a great performance because she was... There was it felt I felt like so there were so many emotions in there. There was like there was relief, there was regret, there was guilt. No, there was. She, she did, did such a great fantastic job, both of them in that scene. Yeah. I, I thought, See, you I thought were talking earlier well. about oh, the old guard are gonna leave in twenty years, how many of these characters are gonna be really realistically left in the show? Probably none of them. And when you look at this, the you know the very young end of the cast here. Oh yeah, yeah, we've got some. You know, villains. there's some there's some fantastic actors coming up. Yeah. To carry on. Yeah. Um. So they go. They they go and have a sit, don't they? Still mm. waiting for autographs from the curry cast just outside the uh, the the back entrance, having a coffee. There was some interesting editing there as well, wasn't there? Because there were some scenes where the camera, it had who was on the right. I can't remember. Let's say Nina was sitting on the right, and she was there on the left side of the screen and you couldn't see Kelly. Well, there and was then a they big... cut and you could see Kelly on the right side of the screen. Well, there I'm was a big... I'm not describing this well. Well, yeah, because you, normally you would have... To, you would frame it so that the, each character was on either end, uh, either side of the, of, the, of the screen. But instead of that, they, they filmed it so that each character was next to a big empty space. And obviously that kind of invokes feelings of isolation and yeah, yeah, yeah. separation nice. yeah, it nicely, and also nicely hides the social distancing 
Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, she says they're having a coffee, and um, and and uh, Nina says, "No, I, I was looking for you. Actually, it, it did feel quite convenient. I mean, we should be used to this in Coronation Street by now. That just when Kelly needed help, Super Nina turns up. But anyway, Kelly says, "Yeah, I was looking for you after what Stu <coughs> said." Um, and Kelly says, "Oh, don't be nice to me. Not after what I did." But Nina says, "Look, after Seb died, I wanted to kill you, but now." Ah, you can come back home for tea. I can help you. So she takes her back to number seven. She takes her back to the Allahan's house. Artie's there, welcoming her with open arms. We didn't have we didn't have Dev in this episode, did we? But I think no, because he hit the roof. No, I think he's okay with it. The yeah. last thing that we heard, Deb was saying, yeah, oh, she can actually, come. It was yeah, actually I, that was going to hit the roof. But she comes down and it's a little bit awkward. Well, she wants she, to get um, in Nina's pants. So she's like, oh, uh, I don't mind. It's okay with Nina and then it's okay with me, I suppose. Uh, sorry, Seb. Um, so yeah, Kelly Kelly has her dinner and um, goes off for a shower at last. <laughs> and um, and Asha says, oh, this, this is the right thing to do, isn't it? This is what Roy would have done. They, all, they have a look at their... WWRD tattoos yeah. that they got on their hands and um, they, they agree to go and watch a film together later or stay in and watch Another a film or those, something um, yeah racy French, French. lesbian <laughs> films that Deb likes so much so she's really, really he's got probably got a few extra ones just in case yeah just from his private collection <laughs> and uh, at the end of the episode Nina's at the cafe having a bit of a panic attack isn't she well she is alone in the cafe she's was this about Kelly or Seb this or just being in everything. charge of the cafe? This was about everything. This is this is another example of a character um, having a, a psychological response. So we've got Sam who's been rendered silent by his trauma. And now we've got Nina who's starting to have panic attacks because everything triggered her when she was trying to rescue... Um, Kelly and I thought that was really well done because it wasn't heroic and kind of unrealistic it was messy and scary and you know she didn't kind of beat them back with her with her bat themed bag did she 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 like just kind <laughs> of like mumbled and they got weirded out and left mm. which is the best you can really hope for <laughs> if you're a young teenage girl being attacked by a bunch of blokes um it's just, and then and then she's alone, and she wanted Asher to come, and when Asher didn't arrive, that kind of you know lifeline in this sea of darkness that she's found herself in was receding from her view, and she felt like she was drowning, and she everything was pushing in on her this darkness and loneliness because she's been abandoned very in in a very real sense by Roy, mm. and then the other person that she thought was going to come and help her doesn't turn up and she was there earlier for kelly she rescued her but nobody's come for her now so she's alone and everything yeah but asha wasn't there that's what i'm saying okay that's why she freaked out yeah because she she kind of needs somebody to fill the silence Mm. i thought that it was okay done the flashback scene i don't really like that sort of thing what flashback not the flashback sorry the the panic attack scene it was, just zooming it was in very, very standard, wasn't it? Yeah, standard arty. Oh, it's a bit blurry Clock, and echoey. Clock, and sign, curry and rice, 275. <laughs> but yeah, Asha goes and she's all right at the end of the episode, or is she? So this looks like this is where the uh, the story's going down now, isn't it? And I'm not surprised that they're going to focus in on how is Nina coping now. I hope Molly Gallagher... She, I think they're they turning Molly Gallagher into the new Dane Danson. Are they just not going to give her a break ever now she started picking up the awards? Because this could go down a right another rabbit hole. I, I don't know how they're going to have this character single-handedly run the cafe. Who else works there? Is she now Alex's boss? 
Um, because we've seen him once or twice in the past two years. Is she going to get rid of all the meat? Yeah, maybe. Does anybody else work at the cafe now? I tell you what, I don't I remember. It's Kathy, a bit, it is pretty harsh on Roy. For, cafe, of Roy, Kathy. sorry. She it's pretty harsh of Roy leaving her in the lurch yes, like this. Yes, exactly. I, I don't know. I don't know what uh, the plans for Roy are. I think it would be a very big shame if he never came back because Roy's Rolls is, a, is an institution. But I will say it's probably the only place on Coronation Street that has been completely untouched and unchanged in the last... Um, 20 years. Yeah. Like, there have been changes and things have been made different. I'm not really explaining myself, probably. Almost every other set has had big changes and things have happened or people have moved in or out. So the Rovers, the Corner Shop, you know, Brian and Kathy mm. in charge of, of the of um, the Corner Shop, the, the, the cabin. cabin. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the, the Corner Shop got a makeover not that long ago. The Bistro's changed so many times. Underworld. Underworld, you know. Um, even though the Rovers, when when Jenny and Johnny made it over, didn't change that much, really. It still at but, least has had people well, I mean, coming in and out. It's had a fire in the past 10 years, hasn't it? So, so like... Roy's hasn't changed, and I really think it would be nice if they want to seriously put a lot of stock in these new characters and the, the younger generation to have a change in Roy's roles. And I don't really want it to happen, but from a story perspective... Because I don't like change. But from a story perspective and for, for keeping the show fresh... In many ways, <coughs> Corrie is stuck in the past with some of the businesses that they just keep on running at the I moment. Think there, there is a, a, a resistance to change, so maybe... It really makes sense to have Nina take over the, the Roy's and keep some things, but change a lot. And I think that change the wants... menu, make it you know a bit bit more modern, sell, maybe go vegetarian, because there's no, nothing like that on the show at the moment. It's environmental, you know, push that kind of thing. Maybe she can turn it into a fruit smoothie bar and she can call it Nina's Nana's. That's what <laughs> get I... Spider in to consult. Maybe what he can you... like. I just wonder whether we can, can we can we kind of brainstorm any other any... any other names. Um, <laughs> there's not much you can do with Nina. Is I don't there? even know what her surname is. Um, Lucas. Mm, Lucas is. No. No, you're asking the wrong person. Yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> so, but no, I, I, I thought we might be able to go somewhere with that, but maybe Nina's You're Nina's asking is the me, best. and I don't have any capacity. Any capacity for punnery? No. Okay. Oh well. No, I I think although I think that might be good for the show, it feels like she probably would. They would probably want her and her character to keep it as some sort of tribute to Roy. I don't think Coronation Street likes making these changes. That's why we've like you still got the but picture of Betty in the room. Yeah, but don't you and... think it's weird that every other set, like, would you have said of all the things on Coronation Street, the most precious and unchangeable is Roy's roles? I wouldn't, but when you think about it, actually it is. Mm. It's the one place that hasn't changed. Very, very, very similar to how it was at yeah. the turn of the millennium. Yeah, and it's not realistic. The prices are stupid. <laughs> and I know that it doesn't really matter, but it's one of those things where you just think, can you not just go in and put an extra couple of quid on all the prices in there? Because you couldn't... They've How's even, he making money? They've even changed the decoration at number three, Coronation Street. Now the Baileys have moved in there. Yeah. So if that can change, then surely Roy's <clears> can. But it'll then, be a sad day when it does change. Yes, it will be. I agree with you. I agree with you. It will be an interesting... And significant thing to, to consider as time moves forward 
if Nina does or does not make any changes to to Roy's. I think it will show you something about where the story, where her character and where Roy's character is going. But the thing is, she's been left this cafe. I think that she aspires to being more than... I'm not saying that, you know, looking down on cafe workers or anything, I don't but I don't think, think that's the career path of that... of cafe owners listening I, I don't think that's the career path that she set for herself. She should she be an artist a or a fashion yeah. designer or something. And but, now Roy has lumbered her with a business. It's like, great, what am I supposed to do with this, Roy? Is she going to sell mm. it on to somebody else, like how Sharon tried to sell the cabin on when, she, when Rita gave it to her? But I can also imagine her turning it into a cool gallery or some kind of like fusion of fashion and and food because i i there are places like that where you know artistic mm. directors have come in and but they're usually high-end places that that sell things for more than two pounds 75 for a whole Cor- meal cory needs a greasy spoon doesn't it because it's already got the bistro and speed dial which are the swanky places to go to eat <coughs> you need somewhere you need for somewhere everyone to have their to breakfast their every morning yeah and their milkshakes yeah so i quite like that idea but i, I don't think it'd fit the show and then the, then it'd be lacking something. and it would honestly it would it would have a weird vibe if people were like oh yeah i'll have a bacon balm Oh, I like your bat statue. Oh, it's the Mothman, actually. <laughs> I, if, if she were to change it like that as well, they'd have to be investing long term in that's the That's what I'm saying. Nina. That's literally I, my point. Yeah, and I, I don't know whether... I don't know how exactly. long Molly wants to that's stay what in the I'm show. Saying. Taking a risk, it will show it? you. It will be a, an interesting indication of of what is going to happen with, mm. the, with the actor, with the character, with Roy. Yeah. But I predict um, nothing will change. Maybe instead of a cafe, she can turn it into some kind of hostel for um, homeless um, ne'er do wells. <laughs> then it can be called Lucas Aid. <laughs> and that's that's my only other one. There. Well done, Michael. How long have you been sitting on that? Right, Faye, <coughs> Faye from Jacob Hay to Ray and Faye. Gemma, you ready to speak? Yeah. Faye's out of jail, on bail. Fail be on bail. Out? I can't remember. She out now? Um, Did it happen last week? I don't remember. No. Oh no, this week. Okay. She gets let out on Monday. So Tim and Craig. God, it's not that quick. you got to wait a couple of days before you get out of prison. Well, yeah, they don't work on the weekends, are they, judges? <laughs> Tim and Craig are badgering Debbie about Faye. Um, and she's like, I don't know what's going to happen. Because Debbie's, it was her plan, wasn't it? To, to blackmail Ray, to get him to say that he sexually assaulted Faye, to give her the alibi for why she bashed Adam's brains in. Yeah, and then for them to and say, the oh, well, that like, makes complete sense then. I'd, well, I'd have done it myself. Why didn't you tell me that before? <laughs> that changes everything. Free! The, the wheels of justice are very swift in Weatherfield when they realise that they've made a mistake, mm. which is really nice and admirable. We shouldn't make fun. We should we should encourage this behaviour in all of our courts. All kind of admin is pretty quick in Weatherfield, isn't it? It's yeah. House sales, everything. Yeah, business PGCEs, you only need to do half a year for that. It's great. It's easy. Maybe um, Coronation Street is ages in dog years. You think? Everything's just faster. <laughs> Um, anyway. Apart from this flipping Zidane story, which is dragging like anything. Um, Laundering takes a long time. Yeah. <laughs> he has got £50,000 to get through, but come on. And if he's only doing it in £40 instalments, everyone's saying it's a tip. <laughs> right, come on, we're not on that story right, yet. Craig's very excited about, about Faye coming out. Tim's on the phone. Oh, she's she's free. He's going to go and pick her up. Sonny finds Craig in the pub. He says Tim's going to get Faye. Tim brings Faye home. That's a lot of comfort. So Faye's out. 
And Craig's put a load of yellow <coughs> ribbon. Do they explain <coughs> that? There's yellow Do you not know what that is? No? Tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. What's it's that? a thing that you put around. It's like a symbol of somebody returning from somewhere. Oh, okay. It's a very famous and well-known symbol. How does Craig know this? He's probably watched a film. Does, does he's got, not, I heard he's got a podcast. Does this not set his OCD going? A, he's over that he's now. He's over that Move now. Move on, okay. Michael. Um, so he's like, he's set up a celebration and she freaks out because she's not, it's not like she's free free. She's on bail and um, she might not be staying out. She could get, end up going back inside. Yeah, she's not, is she? Um, she gets really upset and she comes back down late and says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I freaked out, but I'm okay now. And then Craig says, I know what I want to do with you. Let's go to an escape room where you get locked inside with a bunch of people. She's like, locked inside. We did a great escape room last weekend, didn't we? Yeah. What was the theme of it? It was an... Um... It was an Arctic um, yeah. research lab that was been invaded by, by an aliens. alien force. Yeah, we went, we went there for Rachel and Lorraine's birthday, our friends, and we, yeah. we, we got locked in. And, we, and it was also a bit... Um, uh, Stranger Things themed, wasn't there? Because there was a back to front, upside down world with the crazy alien blobbiness inside. Yeah. Quite a fun one. It's very good because um, our friends are really um, smart and they're really quick. Every time we go in, we always come out really quickly. Yeah, when and me I and you are like, maybe solve there. one thing if we're lucky. And I'm I'm normally the one that finds weird, like, because I am get bored and I start poking around. I'm like, <laughs> oh, look, it's a hole. <laughs> and then you're like, hmm. Anyway, <clears throat> yeah, so Ray she, doesn't like So this is not a good idea. Arctic themed alien space escape rooms. Um, because she doesn't like being locked up. No. Which I think, she, I mean, she's escaped once. Turns out that she wasn't in one of these Coronation Street holiday camp prisons. It was actually pretty tough. We just was, didn't get to see any of it. And they scrapped yoga. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so that that's embarrassing. Um, Craig obviously can't relate to her girlfriend now. She's done time (laughs) (laughs) Gary comes in gives her a big hug Um, he wants uh, Craig wants to help Faye but he doesn't really know what to do they end up having to sit in the lounge and she says look I just need time to to get used to being free Um, and he says let's go for a walk that's what you couldn't do when you were in prison there's been this great new app out called Pikmin Bloom you You should get it you should download it on your bum phone oh no you can have a normal phone now (laughs) On Wednesday, Craig goes to visit Faye again. She's had a lovely night's sleep. And she says it was very tense and noisy in prison, like it could kick off at any minute. And Debbie comes over and Faye thanks her for getting Roy- Ray to change his plea. And Debbie says, come back to work for me. Um, you need a job, don't you? To pay back your something or other to do with prison? <clears throat> I don't think if I was Faye, I'd be clamouring for a job immediately no I'd say I think I'm gonna take a few weeks out just to chill and catch up with Netflix although I suppose isn't prison just chilling out I don't think so Her Majesty's Pleasure don't think it is that's probably the slogan that they should have on the side of it chill out come in and come in and chill out go and commit some crimes and there's like a picture of the Queen with her thumbs up going you deserve it um Craig's like I don't think this is a good idea but Faye is all for it um, so she goes to the to work um, and she is chatting with Curtis. And I said to you, there have been so many illustrious um, wait staff at the bistro here. You've got, do you remember what's his face? Who was... Um, yeah, Andy. Andy, he was a novelist. Yeah, vampire novelist. And then you have um, 
Daniel, he's a he's a teacher and genius. Yeah, a boy wonder. And now you've got Cassius, who is um, a is that a girl? Yeah, sorry, it means like an innocent young uh, debutante. Oh, okay, <laughs> I thought you could. No, I don't know. Is there a boy version? I don't think boys are allowed to be innocent <laughs> and unknowledgeable about the world. Um, then you've got Curtis, who's a medical student, yeah. and, and, and Faye. <laughs> who's... Teenage mum. <laughs> yeah, she's got ex- life experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, she's chatting... The school of hard knocked up at 13. <laughs> <laughs> My God. She's chatting. Then, then she drops some crockery because the kitchen door slams and she's freaked out. And then she says to Debbie... Because it was full of slamming doors. It's not just that. It's also, this place is where she beat Adam nearly to death. And, and where Ray raped her nearly. Yeah, there's a lot of bad memories there. It's a bad place to go. It's a stupid idea. She says to Debbie, I don't think I can work here anymore. Um, and she runs out when Tim comes in and makes a joke about her slacking off. Tim and Faye are talking in Seb's garden and she's gutted about missing his funeral, but she was sort of busy at the time. Do you remember? They used to be boyfriend and girlfriend. No, I forgot. That's how Faye Seb came into it, didn't they? Yeah, He was Faye's boyfriend. Tim says, I asked Debbie to ask her for her job, ask her for your job back. (laughs) (laughs) And I shouldn't have done it. And she says, no, I don't mind. I just can't work there, but I do need a job. And Tim says, why don't you work at the factory? You can replace Alina. She's probably didn't do anything useful. <laughs> what did Alina? I literally, I got no idea. She what was in it? sales. Was she? Hello, would you like to buy some Would you like to buy some knickers? You can replace Alina, but you do have to do the accent, Faye. I'm sorry. <laughs> and she's like, hello, I'd like to buy... I can always do French. Hang on. Hello, no, um... Him, man. No, that's Jamaican. <laughs> I can't do it. Um, yeah, so great. Hooray. Faze walks straight out of prison and into a job. Isn't employment in Weatherfield easy? Uh, uh, uh. No, no, no. Trial period. Trial period. It is a trial period. Which is basically what being out on bail is. Yeah. I'll let you out of prison, but only on a trial period. <laughs> if you do anything naughty, you're straight back inside. Yeah, so hooray. She's going to work right next door to where she lives. What um, a weird... What helpful. is Faye going to do in the factory? What is the fact... The factory just feels like... Like the storage room for all the weird, boring characters that nobody knows what they actually do. Mm. Just shove them in the factory. Sorry, Toya. Like, <laughs> I do sales. Yeah, well, Toya's better than, than everyone else because she got promoted, didn't she? She did. She's so whatever sales. it is, she's the best. Yes. No, the factory is just a, oh, it's a mess at the moment, isn't it? It's it a works. bloody stupid mess. There's no... God, do you remember the days of, of Ivy and Vera? We're just like watching... Of, of Janice <coughs> and Kelly. Even and... just watching Danny Baldwin in charge of the factory with all the girls there. Literally, what is the point of having a factory that nobody makes stuff in? No, but they are making stuff. You don't see them. You don't see them making stuff. There's there's just... What a... is the point? Right, listen. This is the it worst. It feels as though... What? This is just the worst that the factory in Coronation Street has ever and been. And it's been bad. Yeah. And it's been bad in the past. And there's it's now, there, there's no worse. core group of fun factory girls that work there together What's and have a gossip. What's the point of and... the factory? The factory is a place where characters can gather together that's not another communal space. It's, it's not a pub. And it, it unites together a group of mostly women 
under and, under a whip cracking boss and they can have little workplace dramas it's the only place on coronation street where there are lots of characters who can all have a workplace story whether it's like oh someone's stealing out of the lockers or whose turn is it to put money in the in the milk kitty or you know oh we're gonna go on strike again oh we haven't got any orders all those stories can only happen in the the factory and another thing that it was really good at is just banter and and camaraderie and this kind of really working class spirit of people working with their hands, yeah, grafting chatting away. and um, enjoying each other's company or like bitching with each other or having little petty spats and stuff. Mm. Just really kind of very normal, very ordinary, very Coronation Street existence of people and what is it now it's a bunch of blooming like middle class salespeople who never do any work carla and sarah socially distance from each other like a like a um a, a couple that wants to divorce but can't because they don't know how to separate their table like having dinner with like the salt at two different ends and who who are the factory girls at the moment there i don't know any. is does fizz work there I, I, maybe. it's really hard to tell and if he I, works I know that, at home. I know that COVID um, has, has Sean, made it so that this is basically impossible. They can now, though. I'm but sure I don't really that they. I really, I really just need them to go back to everybody sits behind their sewing machines and they do work. And it's really unfortunate because the 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 makeover of the factory coincided almost exactly with the beginning of COVID, mm. and so we haven't even seen. This is the thing. In the old set, at least you could visualize where they would have where they would be and you could pretend in your mind they could put in the they could pipe sounds of sewing machines and people talking and you could imagine oh just beyond that door there's fizz and sean and everybody else and they're all chatting away i can't even picture that space in this new in this new factory no does that even exist no i know what you mean they, they need to have some people working there that are bolshy and lippy and gobby which you know yeah. the, the, the nicknames that danny baldwin came up with for, for karen and kelly and, and janice and everything nobody's but, like but that n- nobody is like that they just have a beth maybe but she's just a bit she's she's not quite the same is she she's just kind of nasty it's oh Oh yeah, they, no, they, they, yeah. The, the, that factory is on life support. I, I don't know what I don't know what the solution is. I said before is. that I think that they should ditch the idea of of being a, a manufacturer of things that nobody would buy in this country from them for the prices that they would have to sell it for. Mm. I, I don't know why they're so. Un- oh well, I guess I do because the textile industry is traditionally a very important part of the you know. Mancunian history. history but it's, it is history I'm sorry but it's history now and people that live in Manchester don't work in textile factories anymore where do they work I don't know <laughs> oh idea. um so what... uh, well trendy trendy wine bars and uh brunch or your uh endless uh bottomless Prosecco <laughs> brunch spots as far as I can tell yeah. um <clears throat> Just before we move on, Craig and Faye, feeling anything there? Are we, no. are we supposed to feel any chemistry? Are we supposed to think that they, they are drifting farther apart and they're not right for each other or, or they've been separated for so long and they haven't Where's got anything in common? Where's the drama that or... was set up with Craig and this kind of... Um, secret messages the secret of the carrier forbidden pigeon. forbidden <laughs> love affair that, that, that was brewing because he wasn't allowed to contact her because of his job. That was actually a really intriguing storyline that would have made it interesting in some way 
Maybe, They've I don't know. They've just forgotten that even I'm happened. just not feeling any chemistry between Craig and Faye at the moment. And that, that, they must be trying to make us feel that, because that bit where um, Gary comes home and she gives him a big hug, I mean, I don't think that she's gone within a metre of Craig since he, she came out. I, I think he's kind of realising, actually. With the best will in the world, if you are a heterosexual male and you had no input, like, physically, to the baby being put into the woman but you see it come out, it probably will all forever traumatise you <laughs> and you'd probably never want to go near that lady in a sexual manner again. And I would, I would say that was very understandable. Was Craig there when Miley was born? I can't remember now. I thought that they I were that together. They were. I know that, I think I know that Anna was there her. as well. Anna was there as well, wasn't she? I know, but I just think that they've got a bond, a very special and unique bond, but I just think that whenever Craig looked at her, he would just see this big hole just getting bigger and bigger with a baby coming out of it <laughs> and he'd be like I'm too young for this knowledge <laughs> right next story we're on to the short stories now Cinemax first so um, it's a bit of a stressy day at the beginning of the, the week at the Platt household Matt's going off to school showing Matt. his Max is going off to school. Shona's telling David, you need to deal with Max. And Dave's like, I can't deal with him. He's gone off the rails. Um, and then David is spotted by Daniel in the cafe. And he says, oh, Max wasn't in school today. What's going on there? I'm going to say something. Yes. I really want to see a scene, which would be hilarious, with um, David and Gail, right? And David says to Gail, uh, Gail, when I was a kid... I was a handful, wasn't I? And she'd be like, David, that's not even the half of it. And then he says, what did you, how did you cope with me? What did you do? How did you manage to deal with me when I was such a terrible, hard kid to, to cope with? And she'll say, David, you're coming to me for advice about parenting. That means so much to me. And he'll say... No, I just want to know what you did so I can do the complete opposite thing. <laughs> I let you, you walk were, all over you me, You were Gail, a terrible mum. <laughs> Don't you think that would be just a very that funny That would be scene? quite funny, yeah. Um, and, then, Gail and, and then Audrey, Audrey can sit in the corner with a G&T going... Oh, oh, oh. Are they still in mm. London, Gail and Audrey? I lost <laughs> track now. I can't remember. It's been a long... <laughs> I'm they found Henry. And he, yeah, maybe. he's got this really nice stuff that you stick up your nose. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so yeah, David sees uh, David seen by Dan in the cafe and says, oh, "Max wasn't at school today." Summer's there and says about the sinkhole video that Max filmed last week, that conspiracy thing, and says, "Oh, dead insensitive." She's still really angry about this, even though I thought it was quite funny. She used to get over herself. Seems like Max's video is spreading. It's gone viral, just like everything that ever gets uploaded to some any social media on Coronation Street. It's like you cannot, like, you cannot escape notoriety no. online if you're... There, there are a whole bunch of influencers there. Gem- They've got Gemma's a natural videos, talent for it, haven't they? We've Daisy's got Daisy's photos. Instagram, exactly. Asher's videos, they're doing I quite know. well. I hear as much as Dad Dev's trying to stop it happening. Yeah, but yeah, everyone wants to see Max's conspiracy video. The twins are still being get, sent to it by their friends and everything like that. Uh, Daisy hears about this video from Daniel later and he's like, I need to get rid of it. Maybe I should have put the Daisy and Daniel stuff in here later. Maybe we skip to Daisy and Daniel next. So she sees, hears about this video and he says, right, I need to get rid of this. Um, what if Jenny were to find out about it? This video's going around that's saying about, oh, this is how Johnny died and everything. He's a hero. And Daniel says, that's true. But you know what? I see potential in this lad. This is an excellent film for somebody of 15 to make. Um, he's, he's a documentary maker, the likes of which we haven't seen in this country. Yeah. I thought the whole point of this video was that it was supposed to look a bit naff because it wasn't that great. I said last week that the script was all right, but the actual filmatography of it... 
filmography. Yeah, that's the right word, isn't it? Um, it was a bit like it was fairly amateur. It I thought like it was just... good. I thought it was very good. I think he's the new. I think he's the British Ken Burns. Do you reckon? Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, so um, or he, maybe the new Alex Jones. He, he's seen. <laughs> he's seen the, the, the spark of talent in young Maxwell, and um, later on, David gives him a, a list of people that he's upset with his video, who he needs to go and say sorry to, and Max is like. No, David starts having a tussle with him, and oh, of course, the laptop gets flying out of the air, smashes on the floor. Max says, "Oh, I hate you," and storms out. Oh. Um, and then Daniel sees David later and says, "You know what? Your son is quite a cracking filmmaker. Actually, you should uh, <laughs> you should nurture this talent." Of, um, of riling everybody it up. It was. I think it was quite good. I liked. I liked it. You're right, though. There was a very a, a big kind of amateur. The thing is, it looks you you haven't seen as many conspiracy videos as I have. I'm going to tell you that whoever made this video is also a, um, a big fan of conspiracy videos. Uh, so he was actually he could make a video on whatever style he wanted to, but he chose to mirror the style of other conspiracy theorists and took on. Yeah, probably. Oh, okay, that's that what makes, Daniel's probably that thinking. Makes sense. He's like that's, a chameleon. Yeah. Of like. He just needs to watch a couple of examples and then he can make his very own Schindler's List. Show him Schindler's List. He'll love it. Yeah. Next, uh, what's we got? Get him to listen to Sophie Cinema Club. Oh, they didn't win an award, did they, this week, Sophie Cinema Club? They they got to the finals, (laughs) which is more than we We can say we've done. And we've been going a lot longer than you, Jack Coulson and Ben. Yeah. But, um, yeah, bad luck. Yeah, of course we wanted you to win. But Corey has won lots of other awards this week, which we'll talk about later. Anyway, um, Daniel finds Max in Victoria Gardens later and says, oh, you've got real talent. You just need to find the right subject matter. Why don't you do some some nice uh, think piece about the... um, they decide to do the, the film The Soap Kitchen, don't they? <laughs> the Soap the Kitchen. The Soap Kitchen, I mean. <laughs> soap Kitchen. Um, and and, and uh, that's about it, really. Maybe um, he should do a video about Spice. Yeah. Summer, Summer uh, is told about this. And she thinks, okay, that's great. He could great. be the we'll new Stacey Dooley. I don't know who yeah. that is. How about that? Yeah. Um, what happens next? Oh yeah, Daniel and Daisy decide they're going to spend the night together. He could together. be the new Louis Theroux. I know that is. Paul phones up or texts them and says, "Remember me? I'm a character that lives with Daniel. I'm going to be out all night." And Daisy says, "Is he now? <laughs> Ding dong!" I did like She's the delivery like, of that. And then they have a good old snog. I haven't seen him in weeks. Why is he texting us? He's not home. <laughs> I think that he's been um, kidnapped by something. He's being held hostage in someone's basement, and the guy is just saying, "Right, right you need to text, text them. This is your excuse for tonight." Um, anyway, that, that's about it, really, for that story. Um, I thought it was by the by. It's fine. Can't say the plat. <laughs> I don't my, know where um, it's going. I don't get moment. where this is going. I'm confused yeah. about. There's, well, I felt like it was going somewhere, and before... there was definitely some kind of dynamic that was brewing between Daisy, Daniel, and and Max. Before and um, summer. Before Kelly decided to come back home, I thought that maybe Max was going to be filming the soup kitchen and yeah. say, oh, look, there's Kelly. And look here, this woman who's fallen but from grace. He could still go there and, like, film Dead Stew or something, couldn't he? And have... Yeah, and, and maybe, coffee. Maybe and... Dead Stew. But no, actual dead. And his dead body is the next um, Instagram sensation in Weatherfield. Oh, I've got loads of likes on it. I'm going to go back and take another photo. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think you're allowed to put dead bodies on Instagram. Um, what about the Weatherfield version? 
Maybe. Maybe. Um, right, let, let's skip ahead then, because I forgot that this story happened, and to talk about what Daniel and Daisy got up to on, on Friday. Do you want to do, do this one? Oh dear, the, the dark world of influencing. Daisy gets given a bunch of kids' clothes in the post for her social media thing, um, and she wants to dress Bertie up and take sneaky photos, and I'm just watching this going, okay, this wouldn't happen. <laughs> What wouldn't happen? Right, number one, you you can get sent stuff all the time and you're under no obligation to post anything. No, but she wants to. But she... But, right, okay. The only reason that you would post something um, that would be of any kind of inconvenience to you is if you are getting paid, which she's not, or you wanted to build your relationship with a brand, right? Mm. So... Lots of when you first start out, start out doing doing online stuff, you will get given loads of stuff for free, and that's not how you make money. You make money by by selling adverts, yeah. by doing by getting paid sponsored posts and stuff like that. But you get your foot in the door by getting the free stuff and then posting about it. Why on earth she wants to build a relationship with a children's clothing brand? I don't know. Right. No. And so if I was her, I'd just say thanks for the free clothes i'm not I, I didn't decided not to post about them we have we have learned from daisy that she's got a bit of an affinity with the little with the kitty wings in the last uh, unless few weeks, she's like we? really thinking ahead here and going oh gosh maybe in 10 years time i can i can get my own kid and have some some free clothes for them the other thing is they're not going to send you free clothes forever you'll probably only ever get one mm. one batch of stuff out of them maybe Anyway, I was just watching this going, yeah, no, don't worry about it. It's fine. She she would be getting stuff for makeup companies and cheap online rubbishy plastic clothes Everyone shops. likes the pictures of Bertie that she's been putting up. I can't believe her sexy selfies didn't get any likes. <laughs> I also don't buy the fact that someone that looks like Daisy would get more likes from posting a picture of her with a kid than just like thirsty dudes liking her booby shots thirsty dudes yeah is that what it's called what do you mean thirsty yeah when you when you like see when you fancy someone you want to slide into their dms what i've never heard this right come on what else happened that's because you don't know an influencer like me michael no, no i'm not an influencer anyway at all. daniel's like i know where the perfect place to mark my year 10 essays is the rovers because it's always dead Oh, sorry, Jenny. <laughs> um, so he brings his his marking to the pub. Heaven's sake, I can't, I can't, I, I just can't with it. Well, see, exactly. This is how I was feeling about the influencing stuff. Yeah. Also, the other thing is, she wouldn't have been able to get away with doing it sneakily because it, even if you get this for free, if you're doing it in return for any consideration whatsoever, whether that's a free thing or money, you still have to put ad at the beginning of the post. So she'd have to, she'd be like, Daniel, look at this picture of Bertie with a with a key jumper. Why does it say ad at the beginning of it? <laughs> anyway, um, Daisy brings out the clothes and she's like, "Oh, look at these clothes I got for I got for Bertie." And he's like, "Wow, these are so expensive. This one jumper costs more than my whole wardrobe." Oh yeah, because she at first um, makes out that she bought them, didn't she? Well, she yeah, she like lets him assume that for a little bit, but yeah. then she finally admits that actually, um, she. Well, first of all, she gets, she gets all these dings, doesn't she, on her phone, because she's put, uploaded a photo of them. Yeah. And then she's like, okay, right, sorry, I will admit this, that actually I um, I got them I got them for free to 
to get voted to wear them as like an advert and I've also everyone thinks that I'm his mum <laughs> I don't know how that happened it might be when that I said I... hashtag I'm his mum <laughs> Yeah, basically. That's Daniel gets, my boy. <laughs> Daniel gets mad. She she put a hashtag like, only man in my life, yeah, didn't she? It, yeah. Which, yeah, okay. Unless you're like, this is my boyfriend. I don't think anyone's going to assume anything different than you're a single mum. <laughs> so, Daniel gets mad. He storms off. Daisy goes after him, apologises. He forgives her, but then she shows him the photos and he gets mad that he's been cut out of them. What would, it, like, if she was in the photos, he would get mad about that. No, they're not the baby photos, though, is it? It's they a photo were... of her. Yeah. And he's like, where's me? I was there. Why did you crop me out? She's like, oh, I don't remember. And she's like, I took this photo. <laughs> number one. Number two, why aren't I in it? And she gets well, mad. Well, Daniel, you've been going out with this person secretly for months now. If you <clears> haven't <throat> followed her on Instagram up until this point, it's your own fault. Why did it take you this long to realise? This realize? is so weird. He's like, he's offended that he's not on her social media feed. Do you want to be... I'm not. She's kind of like no, because I I don't think it's fair to put people in your in your Instagram feed if you haven't asked them. Sorry, I'm just your name. I know you are. (laughs) But like, he's insinuating that she is uh, hiding him um, for some reason, perhaps you know to cultivate these thirsty dudes yeah she is um but she just as equally could be like well sorry i didn't think you wanted to be on the internet but i don't mind putting your son on there <laughs> anyway she she you can't get me it's not consistent for him to be mad about bertie being in the photos and him not being in any it's either everything's private they just wanted an excuse to have the two he just of them wanted to have, have a, an argument have an argument so then and... they go they go and have a fight and she's like you, you're a you massive are, snob. You're a shallow, you're a shallow cow. And he's, she's like, you're a self-important prick. And they're like, oh, la, 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 la. Oh, oh, she's just like, <laughs> oh, forbidden passion. This is like, like pride and prejudice. Which one are you? <laughs> oh, I think I'm prejudice. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, so wasn't that great? Oh, I, I, I kind of thought I'm, it was. I'm kind of enjoying it was kind this. Kind of funny. Right, I felt actually. like a bit like it was just like. Coronation Street doing a pastiche of like if Jane Austen was alive now and she's writing an episode of Coronation Street how would she get Daisy and Daniel to have a snog at the end because that's you know that all these all these great um, artists that uh, and novelists and, and poets and stuff that everyone venerates now and says how great they are they were just doing what Coronation Street is doing now oh I know they were entertaining ordinary people with ordinary stories well Shakespeare had a few fairies and kings in his his <laughs> stories. But at the end of the day, it is, you know, mm. it's all about people and how they interact with each other and and the most common yeah. and popular Entertainment shows and interesting things of the day that, that everybody considers to be throwaway entertainment that's, you know, useless is the future is is art. In a hundred, no. This podcast is going to be art in 500 years, isn't it? <laughs> in be 500 years time, people will watch Coronation Street in, at school, in classes about literature and about entertainment. Social history. It is. I'm sorry, but it's true. Right. So I think it was kind of funny and I don't know if that's what they were going for, but I really did, when I was watching it, I was thinking like, yeah, this is, this is basically one of those, one of those stories Mm. but told in Coronation Street. I, 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 I didn't mind it. I'm, I'm liking Daisy more than ever at the moment, I'm very pleased to say. Right, <sighs> Smoke and Rears, not much particularly, because Roy's going off on when he tells Sally that he can't help out with the Christmas market anymore. As of tomorrow, he'll be otherwise engaged. And Sally's like, right, Maria, we need to call an emergency meeting of the planning committee. 
Uh, and Maria I'm, I'm has to loving the return of Bossy Sally. Yeah, me too. I think it's great. I, I'm not particularly enjoying the fact that she's paired up with Maria as the kind of the straight guy in this. But oh well. Um, they they have a meeting together. Mary's there relatively purposeless I would have to say I don't think she added that much to the scene um, no but it definitely I definitely feel like there's the makings of a very interesting trio here not Maria so much but um, she you kind of need her in there because Mary's the one with the folders and the ideas and the mood board and Sally's the one who's like ideas ideas what how does this benefit me i how... wanted aggie in there she, i enjoyed aggie, aggie was when fun she was part of but it. i kind of would love it just to be a running joke that aggie's like look i've got to go <laughs> i've got to make casserole in the oven what can i say i've got to make my peach and uh sardine casserole <laughs> um yeah they have their meeting Maria um, says, don't worry, I'm gonna, I'm sorting it with the council about closing off Victoria Street so we can have a Christmas market there. And um, well, she's done it. Yeah, she has done it already. And Sally's like, that's not how it works. No. And then it comes up, and I didn't understand this, and it was not particularly interesting enough for me to pay attention to it properly, but there's going to be, there's somebody that's been was fired from the council, and so there's going to be a by-election, and yeah. then maybe Sally's going to be up against Maria for some kind of election for something, but in the end, Sally says, Maria, you can be my mascot. And she's like, no, I don't really fancy that. And then in the end, she decides she does want to be a mascot because she can get her environmental ideas across. Is that basically what happened? <laughs> basically, although it, it's very illogical... I mean, Sally's, Sally's like, look, we basically have the same ideas about everything. So if we both ran, we'd split the vote. Let's join forces. But I thought the whole point of them was that they were diametrically opposed to one another concerning one the, the bypass. bypass. Which is a quite key issue in Weatherfield at the Maria's moment, Maria's just apparently. completely forgotten that that's why she got into politics in the first place. Yeah. It's all the fumes that's gone to her head. <laughs> anyway, so nothing particularly happens there. It was just a few little light-hearted scenes. Um, same with the Zidane I'm story. On, I'm on board for any kind of Sally meddling in local politics. Oh, yeah, that's brilliant. Um, back to Although I keep, I keep saying meddling in local politics, but actually what I mean is just being a politician <laughs> but I think What's that's the what difference? they do isn't it so Zidane it's all he does some laundering he does some talking to Hashim in Victoria Gardens Ryan listens in we've heard it all before moving on that's Grace it, oh. Grace that is it no no oh, we got no, her Grace. she's uh, she, um, she's, just she's being getting a mix up. isn't she she is she's they've getting up really... to no good with Aggie <laughs> they've jettisoned the idea of of in any way, if anyone thought was under any illusions, Grace like I was, that Grace could be, you know, she's a, a reasonable person. They've just completely trashed her character. Like, she, she's out on the town, drinking cocktails, taking advantage of, of Michael and trying to scam as much as she can of Aggie and Ed um, and threatening them with blackmail to not see their, their grandchild anymore. Yes, and she manages to get a sofa out of Aggie, doesn't she? Which she then um, proceeds to flog or talk to Bernie about flogging it just so she can get a bit of extra cash for gallivanting around at night. She should try grifting oh, oh, on on social media with, her, with the kid. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, they've also got... They actually do have a baby grow business, it's don't literally, they? Literally, yeah, she's got a baby grow business. I'm surprised she's not sending stuff to... Uh, <laughs> Daisy. Daisy. Um, she's got a baby. It's actually Although her I baby. I don't think that Bertie is a baby anymore. And technically, she's also a single mum. Yeah. And she's renovating her house, which is also a massive niche on on the socials. Yeah. Mm. Okay, we Hashtag are tag Renbo in. Who are we giving as character of the week this week? What score are we giving it, Gemma? Any ideas? <laughs> 
as usual, I'm completely taken aback and surprised that you're asking me this because I always forget that we have to do this. I I don't know whether to give character of the week to Roy just because he's left. I don't think that's really that's enough. Not fair. And and you know he was a bit of an ass leaving Nina in the lurch. Although, like I said, I think they did do a good job of having him stick to character and showing that he was gradually losing grip on things and the only choice was of course to go to South America to cook for somebody but no I can't really pick him I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going George surprise everybody oh <gasps> not R. Kelly yeah what I don't still don't like her um, I still I find I, I, I kind of thought it kind of annoyed me that Nina again was burdened with this um the concept that she has to forgive Kelly for Kelly to to move on and it's somehow her responsibility. I mean, are we all supposed... Victims, is this Coronation Street saying, just bloody just forgive her. Just get over her. it. For God's We're keeping sake. her in the Nina show. Nina doesn't mind anymore. That's what I felt while I was being told yeah. with this. If get Nina forgives her, then surely everyone else can. But yeah. I don't. I think that Coronation Street might have underestimated just how difficult some people would find it to forgive Nina. I thought the arc was very rushed, you know... She tried drugs once and they were really bad. Yeah, she's been out of prison for, what, two weeks now? And now everyone's forgiven her. Yeah, it's all a bit rushed and condensed. But I just have to acknowledge how fantastic um, Millie Gibson is at playing her. And that scene where she breaks down after she gets rescued was so many emotions in one, one very short burst of emotion. I thought she did so well. I'm I'm really chuffed with 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 her performances, and I think she's great. I just hate Kelly, but I just <laughs> I can see myself getting over it. Yeah, I thought the um the what would Roy do bit because Roy <clears throat> absolutely would and did take waifs and strays off the street, didn't he? Like, um, I just like really Becky don't and... like the idea that it's the burden of the victim to. Um, assuage the guilt of the person who perpetrated the crime against them. I think that's a bad, a bad idea. Mm. I think that it makes people feel guilty. I don't think it's Nina's responsibility. There were so many people that should have helped Kelly before she did. But it was an important redemption arc because it's fictional and it's symbolic of many things. And it's, you know, it's a nice and hopeful story about, you know, even though, you know, and and really, it was a very good demonstration of forgiving someone actually is a benefit to you because Nina let a lot of negative emotions go mm. when she forgave Nick Kelly, which I think is probably, in a weird way, what led her to her panic attacks because she was caught up in hatred against Kelly. But then when that disappeared when she realised that Kelly was actually just a girl like she was who'd made mistakes and who knows what situation you know I don't think Nina would have ever done what Kelly did but perhaps Nina realised that there were just a few circumstances between her and Kelly and once she got rid of that hatred then she's left with just fear and now she's having a panic attacks and the flashbacks Mm -hmm. because she saw also she'd, she'd built Kelly up as this big evil villain and and Corey. Corey's gone. Kelly's the only one left. She's free. But then she came and she saw Kelly was being picked on by someone else, which, you know, then it kind of opens this big concept that the world is full of predators everywhere you go and you're not safe anywhere. And even Kelly, who is the predator of Nina, is being preyed upon by somebody else. So that whole kind of safety net was was dissolved. Mm. In that scene, and Nina is now adrift. 
Nice bit of analysis. Hey, you got an English degree. I just want to pick George as my character week because he was really like <laughs> sweet and granddaddy to Sam. And George is kind of related to Sam, actually, isn't he? Because George and Gail had the shared great auntie Fanny. Okay. Nick oh, yeah. is Gail's son. Sam yeah, is Gail's right. grandson. So yeah, there is a little They're, relationship yeah, I there. Guess they are I just related. loved that scene so much when they were looking out, looking at the stars together. And he didn't have a whole lot to do this week, but. Um, Yes, it was very nice Nina, to see Nina him. was awesome. Um, Kelly was as well. I think that they really should be shoo-ins, but I do want to give real props, props to, to George and the, and the writers who gave George something decent to do this I think week, it was so. nice. It was a nice demonstration of the range of the actor and also to show that the character is capable of lots of... That, as they all are, yeah. really. Tell you what Tony Morsley is also capable of doing. Um, Modelling... Coronation Street merchandise That's from the right. ITV shop hashtag ad, which is what he's been doing on his Instagram well, this week. Well, there you go. See, now I wonder, will they ever, will they ever let Nina change Roy's if they're selling merch? Mm. Oh, by the way, if you go onto the ITV shop at the moment, I think it's some kind of Black Friday thing. Ten percent off tea towels, aprons, and uh, what's the other thing? What's the other thing we can get? I think it's that's it, isn't it? Tea oh, towels, aprons, tea towels, aprons, and totes. Yes, that's right. I really like the Roy's Rolls one because it's got like a it's fake leather handle. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, thank you, um, Tony Morsley. You were very good this week, and and I still think thinking back at this this week's Coronation Street, I thought it was just kind of okay. Yeah. I, d- I didn't I didn't love it. Um, so, so I I've, I felt that there were a few too many bits. Like absolutely didn't need the Zidane stuff today didn't need the Max stuff at the beginning. I'm not too fussed about Faye being out of prison, although I suppose that had to happen sometime. Um, all, all the Roy stuff I enjoyed, um, Sam was lovely. I, I'm going to go three. I'm going to give it um, three <laughs> uh, three Roy-based emergencies out Aww. of five, which is what Nina was certainly having on Wednesday. What about you? Score, Gemma? I'm going to give it three and a half sausages at toad price. <laughs> three and a half sausages. Yeah. Nice. I do okay. love a nice toad in the hole. Me too. I haven't had one of those I suppose this is, a, this is another debate. Toad in the hole, self-raising flour or plain flour? Well, Do you like your toad in the hole fluffy or not? Traditionally, it is not made with self-raising flour. It's made exactly as you make a Yorkshire pudding. Hmm. But you you have a family recipe, don't you? do. You? My mum's your recipe. has, has passed it down. Nice fluffy toad in the hole. It is, no, it is your recipe. It's, um, this is how I make it now, yeah. your mum's recipe. And it is a big, fluffy, dense, spongy, gorgeous, delicious... She looks down on you and nods with a mm. smile every yep, time yep, you yep. make Toad in yep. the Hole, Gemma. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, we need to have that same Can I know. next week? There's some sausages in the fridge. <gasps> I know what we're having for dinner one day next week yeah, when we're eating all the turkey. I think turkey. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, I think we should finish this now and um, move on to the news section. Okay. Welcome to the cabin. It's time for the news and as Gemma ruined earlier on in the podcast, the oh, surprise, yeah. Simon Gregson is in I'm a celebrity castle. It's just not a jungle because they're not allowed to go over to... Where was it? Is it Australia? Australia. It was Australia. Good. Um, I know nothing about what's happening. We, we don't watch I'm a celebrity. Carbon we haven't watched him. People. We've been very busy. Um, I'm sure he's been delightful. very entertaining and delightful. Go, Simon. Hope you win. Um, don't and eat things that are living you can, you can see alive. his lovely wife um, taking over his Instagram account at the moment he has Fat Dracula on Instagram I know that and he's got a picture of Fat Bastard from Austin Powers as his um, 
profile picture. But uh, apart Don't from that, fooled. I am afraid I can tell you nothing more about Simon Graves because on I'm a Celebrity. But um, hopefully our, our, our faithful news hound Rebecca will be able to keep us up to date with what he's up to because I know that she is a viewer. Um, we have got lots of awards. Coronation, well, Coronation Street has. I claim them. <laughs> what? Oh, is this news? I, I'm part of... awards? Yeah, take that Sofa Cinema Club. No, Coronation Street is drowning in awards this week. We're not their competitors. You know that, don't you? I know, I know. They're in a different league. They're a celebrity podcast league. People, some people are a little bit down on Coronation Street. Yeah, well, I know. We've had quite a few on our Facebook group going, well, I'm never watching it again. I know, I know. It's, it's always sad. sad when people say that. I know, it is. It's really sad. But they say, at least usually they also say, but I'll still listen to the podcast. So that's okay. That's the most important thing. Anyway, <laughs> despite that... Um, Curry's doing, he's cleaning up at the Soap Award ceremonies at the moment, isn't it? And um, top of the list, it seems at the moment, is Sally Carmen. And back on last Saturday night, I think it was, she won an RTS award, which is the Royal Television Society, if you didn't know. And she got Best Dramatic Performance. Um, I think it's probably at a soap. Um, and um, well done to her. Her, her. her quote, Gemma, was winner, winner, chicken dinner is what she said on her Instagram. And and she wore a lovely dress, didn't she? You remember her, um, I'll just go, do you remember if you picture her? She had a nice sparkly green dress here. Got it loaded up here, but the, there we go. Look at that. She looks like Princess Fiona off Shrek. Went um, in a human form. Glamour puss. She looks, she's, she's very similar vibe dress to um, the Duchess of Cambridge wore a, a very beautiful green sequined gown the Always other day the Duchess of Cambridge, I do I have her? to I, I, the Queen gives me money <laughs> um, I think she looks absolutely fabulous I think emerald sparkles real. are the colour du jour and she's, have, she's you got matching you don't see many green dresses out there do you it's no. all black and red sometimes a bit of white maybe I think a nice I think emerald green is a very universally flattering colour and I think that um, navy gets all the attention when really what is emerald green but just not also, like a similar colour to navy, really. Mm, isn't isn't green quite. a neutral? Ask I trees. I don't know, I don't know. But anyway, well done, Sally Carmen. Very much deserved, but it doesn't stop there because, Mon- no, Tuesday night it was, I think, or Monday night. No, it wasn't any night it because they really didn't matter, have a ceremony. I was gutted. Matter. I was expecting a ceremony. Why didn't you have a ceremony inside Soap Awards? Other people have had a ceremony. Didn't get to have any fashion for this, but it doesn't matter because Coronation Street cleaned up. They won almost everything at the Inside Soap Awards this year, I think. Well, they obviously didn't win the daytime soap. They didn't win Best Villain because I think... Weirdly, they won Best Morning Chick Programme featuring Philip Schofield and Holly Willoughby. This was only soap. Which I thought was odd. Emmerdale won Best Villain and Best Family. I think EastEnders won Best Feel Good Moment, but pretty much everything else, Coronation Street won, which means Best Soap, Coronation Street, Best Actress, Sally Carmen, once more, well done. Still being credited as Abby Franklin, which is good because I can't quite, I haven't got used to Abby Webster at all yet. I'll never call her that. You're such a modern man, Michael. I know. I really love the way that you don't accept. married women's names no, because it validates my decision <laughs> not to change my name because I always feel a little bit guilty about not changing my name well um best actor <laughs> best actor David Nielsen <clears throat> will it be as it is his final parting yeah award there but um very well deserved there Jude Jordan, another one for his mantelpiece by me there must be groaning by now all best his friends from school award. have got like 
best go at bowling. They got a nicest, star of the week certificate. Well nicest done. Nicest picture of a son. <laughs> I know. And he's and got this like best newcomer. Ten awards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, he got best newcomer. I just warn you, what? don't peak too soon. No. Um, funniest performance. You've got to leave yourself some room. That's what they said Think to Peeping of- Tom. Okay. Think about the fact that Maureen Lippman was, was also winning Best Newcomer Awards, dude. And think about the fact you've got many years ahead of you <laughs> to shoehorn yourself into a sh- into a, a television program that's been running since you were born, probably, and then to get a newcomer award for it. Yeah, I know. It's funny, isn't it? Speaking of Maureen Lippman, though, she also won funniest performance um, for Evelyn uh, at the, oh. the Inside Soap Awards. What? I thought you were going to say a different character. No, no, definitely not. Not not um. Maureen Litwin won the award for funniest character for, for, for Mary. No. Um, which was odd because she doesn't say that Congrats, character. Maureen. Best partnership. We've got Molly Gallagher and David Nilsson. So that's David's second award there. I love that um, partnership isn't always won by best couple as well. I think that the relationship that they've built up between Nina and Roy is quite excellent, which is, makes me a bit sad that they're going to be separated for a little bit. Um, and also... Um, Molly picked up another award along with um, Harry for the Nina and Seb hate crime horror which I think we said last week on the podcast had been announced a week early for some reason so congratulations ITV and um, well the, the, the Coronation Street bit of ITV anyway you've done a good job at the Inside Soap Awards good voting everybody um, let's hope it continues um, Gemma we've got some quotes do you want to be Maureen Lippman here what she have to say about being told she was officially award winningly funny it's wonderful to be funny in this day and age, and I am as pleased as if I was 19. To come in at 75 years old and be named Best Newcomer in 2019 and now the funniest person in soap, it's really, really nice. Nice. Nice award, says Maureen Lippman. Well, David Nilsson says it's lovely for me and Molly that that idiosyncratic character such as Roy and Nina appealed to so much to view. What, that you totally butchered the whole thing? It's lovely for me and Molly that idiosyncratic characters such as Roy and Nina appeal to... Oh, blow. Appeal so so much. much to viewers. They can be seen as eccentric, but when they are... Val- oh, but they are valued and loved, and that's wonderful, and that's why I don't do scripts. I had a bit of a Boris Johnson moment there, didn't I? Um... It's like they threw in the word idiosyncratic and you just, just went out the window, gone. the I'm whole gone. thing. I've been using lots of long, complicated words in school this week. I had to, like I had to teach geography. Oh, you said you learned Longshore drift I was learning about this week and that to what teach children about it. What was the weird thing you said it. you'd never heard of? A you spit. Did... Yes, yeah, a spit. <laughs> I didn't know what a spit was. You, um, I tell you, not very many people in this country don't live near the coast. No, but I grew up in the Midlands. you were raised in the Midlands don't and right in the very depths and the heart of England and you don't know what a spit is. I have no idea, but now I do. Um, now, there was no fashion from that, as I said, but what we do have fashion for is the Manchester Gay Village Christmas Lights event that went on last weekend and a bunch of Coronation Street people went along to press the big button. So, um, Ooh, I think uh, top top of the fashion, I mean... <laughs> when they pressed the big button, did a bunch of people and life support just suddenly die? <laughs> oh, no, we've connected it to the wrong thing. <laughs> oh, this happened last year. Front oh, page. We got away with it because we said it was crazy. Fashion Times last Saturday night for Coronation Street, of course, was Charlie DeMello with his quite fabulous rainbow kilt that he donned. I, I, he, he has since assured me <clears> that he was quite warm in this because kilts are warm. Um, but I think I, well, I do have a bit of a chilly legs. What, do you reckon he's got his thermals on under there? I reckon he's got pants on. You think? I don't know. I think he might get arrested. He, um, yeah, he's, this wasn't a gay village, so he had his, uh, his pride, what, I told you this. No, what did you say? 
Manchester game this village. This wasn't. This was. Oh, this I was. thought this wasn't. So he had he had he had his lovely rainbow kilt. It was quite quite delightful. I'm sure he made quite a splash with that, and it looks like a a black um pouch of sorts, sporran, one might say. Did he have his oats in there? Is that what? <laughs> and um, what else has he got? A nice brown jacket, and it looks like Kevin's black jacket. Socks. Sorry, Joe. Kevin's, Kevin's jacket's perfect. What are you on about? I said it looks like it. I didn't say it was exactly. Now, going along with Charlie, we had Adam Hussein. That there was there was a lot of kind of plain vibes. Charlie just said, "Right, I want to make the biggest splash possible." Everyone else, this black and browns, me, please. These photos tell me that David Nelson, who is the photographer, said, not David Nilsson. <laughs> no, it's a different bloke. <laughs> David Nelson has not quit soap so that he could become a photographer for the, for the Manchester, Manchester Evening, Evening News. Times. David News. Nelson, the photographer, said. Play around, have fun. Why don't you hold both ends of this candy cane and pretend to wrestle with it while they awkwardly like acted it out, going, "This is mental." So Adam they look like who, they're having fun. They're good at acting. We've but got Adam I, and Tanisha, haven't we? Here, they're being they're being siblings fighting, but they do they're having a good time. Um, Adam's got his, his. I don't think this is for fashion. No, it's not. Um, well, it's nice. They're it's wearing nice outfits, but they're certainly not. Tanisha's got a nice I'm going to wear this on. outfit because we're going to get talked about what we were wearing on a podcast. We will always outfits. talk about. If you get papped, you get talked about. This Coronation isn't Street stars. You should know that this. Okay, listen. For the last nine and a half years. People use the word pap the same way they okay. use the word selfie to mean a Snapped. photo of their heads. If you get a photograph taken of you, we're going to talk about what you're wearing. Look, Daniel Brockerbank here. He's, he's got also a leather jacket on. A leather jacket with a hoodie. And some khakis or something. And he's uh, and then we got Dolly. He's looking. Dolly Rose Campbell she's looks like she's been raiding dress. Toya's wardrobe there with a bit of black dress with some floral prints. Ali Mardell, nice bit of colour, bit of snaz. She's black wearing a dress black dress with some colour with some coloured stars on. Yeah, they're very I think it's nice. Very nice. Very festive. She's the most festive so far because she's got the the colours on the stars are like red, white, and green. A bit of pink, yeah. And she's got a nice coat on that she's wearing in this picture down here. Nice chevron herringbone pattern. Yeah. Black and white. And that was it. They didn't... The fashion fashion was subdued. Apart from Charlie DeMello that just wanted to make a show of himself. I don't know that they knew that they were doing anything Christmassy or anything gay. Charlie's the only one that listened to (laughs) the the, uh, assignment. Anyway. Get, Get out of this segment. Let's get to the news, shall we? Feedback time. What did people vote on the Facebook group last week, Gemma, for last week's episodes of Coronation Street? 3.44. 3.44. We voted like three and a half for last week, so they were pretty much in tune with us. We had a nice range this week, but it ended up being around 3.44 exactly, nearly. Dave gave it two slices of pizza out of the bin out of five. Nice. I don't think you'd want more than that. Fiona gave it two heads stuck in the freezer out of five. Not in our freezer. And finally, and this is what we do the podcast sometimes, everybody, you've got to prove that you listen to the podcast. <laughs> Hill's our winner this week because David gave it four minutes of Hill. What? Four minutes of Lily choking on a chuppa chup with a logo designed by Salvador Dali. That was Gemma's fact of the week last week. He'll listen to that trivia and turned it into a score. Exactly. Very well listened and comprehended. And can anyone believe that Salvador Dali designed Chubba Chubbs logo? Because it's not that great. I think it's fine. It's fine. I think it's the campus lolly logo I know. If, if I said, if I gave, if I gave a, um, the spec of designing a logo for a lollipop to Salvador Dali, I would not expect him to come back with Chubba Chubbs. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was like, where's the motor clocks? Yeah. That's your thing, isn't is he it? He's the clocks, man. Isn't he? I don't know. I don't know anything about art. Is he the one with I the know big about moustache? As much as about art. I don't know about geography. Right, Richard Inland. wrote in to us just Stick. early this evening, actually, and says that he hopes we are both keeping well. Just about. Gem's what, a bit flemmy. Um, it's been a while since I last shared feedback, says Richard, but <clears> found Horror Nation Street excellent, and I loved how Corey finally got his comeuppance. Since then, I found it a bit hit and miss, really. I feel the Kelly and Stu friendship storyline has potential, but a lot of the other storylines slash subplots aren't really doing it for me. I think part of the problem for me is that there are too many characters these days, and I struggle to invest in them all. Mm. As an example, when Faye was released... I couldn't recall at first what she'd actually done to be jailed. Yeah, now I imagine... I did remember that one at least, but this is definitely happening quite often. Imagine more and more, if you I'm had forgetting. that problem, but you also did a podcast about it. And yeah. And you were trying to sound like you... Trying to sound like we know what we're talking about. I don't think we do a good job of that bit. Sometimes, I, I am struggling sometimes to remember what happened in one Me story. Too. If it's been like more than a it's week, I think, between... what happened last time? Yeah, and then you see a character that you haven't seen forever. Like Gemma popped up in it yeah, today, no, didn't like, she? It's like, this oh. is what I mean. You forget that you haven't seen them, and they don't need an alibi. No, no, but the, the, the cast is too big. Uh, Richard says the cast is too big, but it's difficult to know who to get rid of. Apart from if you listen to our Squid Game, <laughs> exactly. That's how to find out. I've been an avid fan, says Richard, for the show of the show for almost fifty years, and overall, I have found the last few years a golden period oh. with the development of some of my now all-time favorite characters, such as Evelyn. Ruby and Abby. Ruby? Interesting. Maybe we have been spoilt by such an era. That's kind of interesting because I think when I look back on... I don't hear many people say no, there was I think... such a long period of time to watch the show saying it's like really good now. Mm. <laughs> Not very common sentiment. No, I, 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 I haven't think... made my mind up about Ian McLeod's era yet. I need to wait and <clears> see <throat> when it ends. It's also, diff- you know, it's also one of those things too where you're not going to say anything about it unless you're hating it or loving it. Yeah. Um, so he also, he ends the, the email. Oh, sorry. Yes, I just took a Michael glug of tea. Michael started drinking tea. <laughs> I thought you were going to speak longer than that. Form is temporary, says Richard, but class is permanent. This, apart no, from... don't tell Michael that. What? Class is permanent, Oh my Michael. gosh. Well, tell, tell that to the BBC Doctor Who spin-off class, which only made it one series. Um, the show will revert to form. It does, it always does. And I don't believe Roy will be gone for long. Yeah, Indeed. I don't. I think that I think that's the consensus, isn't it? Mm. Maybe he'll pop back at Christmas. No, Christmas is probably too soon, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's like a m- month. Mm. Sorry, guess what, everyone? It's basically a month to Christmas. That's right. What? You, you better buy all your presents and write all your cards. Yeah, Gemma. Yes. What's Rebecca said about last week's coronation? Street? She says, "I'm still not feeling sorry for Kelly at all. She brought it all this on herself. I'm glad that Stuart is back around though, and you could be right. She could be redeemed into saving Stu's life." Glad, unless, I don't know, Rebecca, unless she can cure lung cancer, I don't think there's much of a chance. Um, glad her and RD didn't sleep together, although they could still do in the future. And glad that Dev has let Kelly stop at the Allahans, although firmly on Ash's side, thinking about Nina. So glad that Johnny got a good send-off, and I love Jenny's eulogy and the fact that Jenny all week was fantastic. I'm assuming Johnny just didn't get around to adding Carla to the will, but I was also surprised that Kate wasn't in the will either. I thought she was the golden child. There's something very odd about Daisy's look at the funeral when Jenny was speaking and I'm wondering if it was supposed to be looking after Tom and she turned her back for a minute and blames herself for Tom's death. Daisy and Daniel, like Michael, are quite like and Daniel brings out the good in Daisy but somehow I don't know if it will last. And how cute was Bertie this week? 
I also appreciated Lily this week, although I knew she wouldn't die. I wondered if this would be the cue for Sam to start talking again. Alas, not. I also thought Roy might have suffered from the same thing when his dad left, but that didn't come up either. Loved Leanne giving Sam a memory jar to remember Natasha. That was cute. See, she thinks it's a memory jar as well. I think it just makes more sense for it to be a memory jar. You can jar. just stick what you like in it. <clears throat> Look, kid, here's a jar. Do what you want. <laughs> here's, here's a jar, kid. Stick what you like in it. Actually, but not don't. That. Yeah. If you just take it into your room. <laughs> don't leave it on the dining room table, Sam. Come on. Um, I think Max made the video to get David in trouble, but him trying to get Sam to say where his mum died was a bit below the belt. I did appreciate the video, especially calling Johnny a hero, which we know he is. I never saw Isla still being married coming. I never saw Isla still being married coming, although Ty did deserve that punch. But Fizz ran over just a little too quickly to comfort Ty, and I'm surprised Phil didn't notice that. Mm, good observation. Mm. I'm also wondering if something will flare up with Phil taking the girls and Fizz away for Christmas. I did like Fizz asking Phil to move in. That, that was sweet. Finally, surprised to see Faye and Ray again. Debbie was brilliant. I'm assuming freeing Faye, although if Ray has found out she lied, she might be in trouble. Character of the week is, of course, Jenny, and I give it three and a half. Ladies. Lay daddies. I don't know what that's supposed to be in reference. Out of five. Sorry, I don't know. Thank you, Rebecca. Um... I was going to say, do you think we're going to see Ray again or is that it now? Is it just a little mini cameo? It felt like Debbie went on a bit too much about the dire consequences that could befall her should Ray discover her duplicitous nature Mm. for it to then just get dropped. But, you know, Coronation Street, the report, has done things like that before. So I wouldn't be surprised if Mm. they kind of forgot. Yeah. Somebody's losing post-it notes in that in the writers' room. <laughs> they need to stop using cheap ones. I bet you they use those cheap ones where you it sticks oh for about five minutes and then it sort of blows away. They had to use all the good ones for that scene where Emma had the flat all covered in them, didn't they? Can yeah. have them fall down in the middle of the shoe. What a disaster. Yeah, that would be awful. Finally, Nancy says that Kelly did also not get her sympathy last week, even though she says, "I like the way she ran away from the man at the hotel." Good that she met up with Stu. Maybe she'll learn something from him. Kelly should not be living near Asha or Nina. No. <laughs> Fine now, though. Fine. It's okay because the forgiveness um, is chicken soup of the soul. Yeah. Jenny was outstanding this week. I love what she had to say at the funeral, and Carla was wonderful too. I love the Daisy and Jenny scenes. Um, Jenny's comments to Daisy while she was drunk were exactly what I was hoping she'd say. I love the secret <laughs> romance too between Daniel and Daisy. They might not be the best match, but it's interesting to watch them together nonetheless. I wonder if Carla will find out why Johnny didn't leave her anything. I just want to Do say, you have any? <clears throat> oh, I want to say something quickly about Daniel and Daisy. As much as it's contrived and silly that they are like, we're not going to tell anyone, we're dating. Definitely... It definitely added a bit of an extra dimension and spice to that relationship. Yeah, I think so. It really, I think it's really lifted it, even though it is silly and, and illogical. But that scene where um, Daniel comes in and he kind of hugs Daisy from behind, and then she's like, "Oh!" and then uh, Jenny comes in and they're like, "Oh, jump away from mm. each other." That was interesting. Yeah, I just wonder what's going to happen when it finally comes out. Is anyone going to really care? I don't think they will. I think they'd be like, "Why did you lie?" Yeah. We don't care if you're dating. No, no. Are you not um, ask me whether I've got any theories about John- Johnny. Yeah, about the will. Did he it, just... it doesn't make sense really because there are certain things like at some point there's there, there's a point at which he wrote this will, and if it's a point where he had a relationship with Aiden but not with Carla, 
but he then he wouldn't he wasn't married to Jenny, so no, she wouldn't exactly. be in. It. The so, timelines don't so match up. So yeah. I think it was just because of him like kind of giving her the factory and stuff. I can't remember what happened. <clears> I just I think, think there's going to be a letter that she finds or something. Or It's weird. It's another one of those things that, that it feels unnecessary. Mm. I mean, It's probably going to rear its head again when Jenny actually gets her hands on the money. Because I don't think she's got it yet, has she? I she's just she's been told that she's going to have it. Buy more of the Rovers or from whom? I don't she know. Need to, but she's, I know. That's why I don't... Um, will there be some kind of Christmas, awkward Christmas scene with Jenny and Carla? Maybe. I think that would be quite interesting because Christmas is is Coronation Street's really good at doing like romantic Christmas, cute family Christmas, or st- warring family Shot in Christmas. Shot the box Christmas. Or yeah, dramas. But I'm talking about like, the classic Christmas dinner. Mm. Like everyone hates each other, or everybody is rem- like um, reconciling with one another, or. This turkey's so dry, it could joke a camel. Yeah, or like funny jokes about Aggie's making weird turkey or something. But Awkward Family Christmas is a very relatable scenario where people don't know, you'd like, there's lots of people in your family that you probably don't know, but you have to spend a very important day of the year with them and you're not really sure what to talk about. (laughs) It would be really funny to just watch Carla and Jenny just having Christmas. Because neither of them... Like, Jenny would get sloshed. Carla can't cook. They wouldn't be able to make a meal between them because Jenny would be drunk by 10 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Carla wouldn't know what to do with the turkey if it was already cooked. (laughs) And then they'd have to sit and and awkwardly make conversation about what, I don't know. But it could be quite interesting. Yeah, maybe. And very relatable. But maybe this would be when... It would come out, why didn't he leave me anything? I'm just really mm. upset. And then maybe Jenny, you know, does, does Jenny actually know she found out something since? Is there some kind of, you know, did Johnny have a dear diary? <laughs> dear diary, today I met a wonderful redhead. Maybe. I don't know. Jenny's going to have a sad Christmas, isn't she? I hope she's yeah. got some people to support her in there. Because, yeah, first one without Johnny. Sad, sad times. And finally, what well, that's it? what happens when you split up with people. I know. Right. And um, then they die in a sewer. Yeah. Should have seen it coming. Nancy says, it's too bad Tyrone's date didn't work out for him. He should have found out more about her marital status. <laughs> to be fair... I think she, if you think if you looked he, her up on he said she said that he's my ex. <clears throat> if you looked her up on Facebook, I bet you it would say it's complicated. You can't if you go on a date with somebody that claims to have uh, been divorced. You don't ask to see a copy of the divorce <laughs> certificate, or whatever I, uh, it is, the decree absolute. I want to know more about how you dissolved the mm. estate. Uh, the drama was hilarious, though. She says it's interesting that Phil is going to move in with Fizz. Debbie was so good getting Ray to change his play to Gil play his plea to guilty i think they will find out about rape paying colin to make the sinkhole finally i gave this week's episode three and a half tumbling telescopes out of five i like that one the character of the week is jenny nice thank you for a wonderful podcast you're welcome i hope you feel better we're all right thank you very much i'm feeling very good good so that's good because we've got all the people around this this, yeah me too um, it's just no. good idea we've got a lot of people coming around on Sunday for Thanksgiving, haven't we? A lot of work ahead of us. Oh my gosh. You've got so much cooking to do. I've got so much schoolwork. Like, literally, over the next seven days, I've got so much schoolwork. I literally don't think I can get it all done. And I'm a bit concerned about how I will get it all done. I don't understand how you can be expected, as as a human being, to spend the amount of time that you do 
on your work and still at the end of the day feel like you haven't done a good job i think that's absolutely criminal i don't always think like i don't always think that i haven't done a good job i just think well, to that feel that... like you know, the amount this isn't this is this not podcast stuff, but you work more hours than anybody else that i know and it's... and i help put together an amazing podcast I think I would rate it a three statues of Andy Burnham. I'm going to go maybe, yeah, maybe three and a half purring cats into the microphone <coughs> out of five. Mm. Right, everybody, if you would like to say what you think Are about you the podcast festive? this week, start to send in your messages about congratulations for reaching episode 500. Because oh, if we get to episode 500 hell? and nobody's written in saying, well done, you're amazing, Michael then I'm going to be right hacked work. off, actually. Michael does all this work. So send it in now and I'll read it in two weeks' time. And he all he does it for is continual praise and adulation. That's all I want, everybody. We just want to be constantly uh, complimented and told that we are good humans. Send us a review on iTunes. No, oh, don't yeah. send it to us. Send it to iTunes. Send it to five iTunes. Five out of five and all the say, other podcast places that I don't really understand about. Review us there if you can. I thought you were going to say, give us five and then go to every other podcast and give them one. So that we, <laughs> <laughs> so that we look really good in comparison. give Sofa Cinema Club one out of five. No, don't do that. <laughs> You're going to get Jack P. Shepherd come round here. Jack I think Shepherd, have, he can come around. There we go. You reckon? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Not Ben Price. I reckon though. he's got some tricks up his sleeve. Ben Price is quite tall. <laughs> I bet you he's a dirty fighter. Do you think? I think I think he would just stand back, Ben Price. Yeah. Colson Smith though, he's he's kind of he's quite buff. tough now, isn't he? Yeah, he's got a bit of clout to him. Okay. I don't I'll just distract him with a with club. a date and nut energy ball. <laughs> I'll take on um I'll take on Tisha Mary. Now are we deciding who which Coronation Street actors we would fight? Yeah. Um oh who would I fight? Maureen Lippman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reckon you could take her. I I'd, I'd go for like Barbara Knox. <laughs> No, I bet she's like one of those. Barbara what are those things that you can't push over? Weeble wobble thing. <laughs> Weeble wobble. <laughs> I bet thing. if you pushed her, she'd come back, straight back up. You reckon? Yeah. So that would have happened if she'd have got hit by that tram in Blackpool. Yeah, she would have just bounced off <laughs> and she would have wobbled away. <laughs> I don't know whether I could take any Curry character in a fight. Any character or I'm actor? Pretty weak. Either, really. We're much the same. Much. I could probably really um, screw up Ruby's day. <laughs> yeah. Um. I could definitely take Bertie down the park for a nice game. <laughs> right. This is getting weird now. Let's it finish. It always does this time. Conversationstreet right? at gmail.com is where you can write to us should you wish to tell us whatever. Patreon. Yes, we will get the Patreon episode out in the next three or four days. We know what we're going to do. I just don't know when we're going to have time to do it, but we'll do our best. We will do it because we... We will do it. We love, we have. We love our patrons. And don't forget, this mm, December, we were going to be donating all of our patron money to a charity of our choice. Yes. So if you want to support you know us, which one, though. Um, don't join before the 1st of December. Remember, this is another what? thing. You can join whenever you like. No, but I'm telling you, this is another thing that you guys need to bear in mind. If you want to join our Patreon, please do not join near the end of the month because you'll get charged at the beginning of the month. So if you if you join on like the 27th, this is the, we're recording this on... Well, this will be released on the 27th of November. If you join today, you'll get charged for November. And then on the 1st, you'll get charged for December. And it's, we can't work. control how that works. Um, but definitely but join just, it. But just bear in mind, just please, just please bear in mind and don't get mad if you don't listen. 
Yes. But yes, the 1st of December, if you join then, your money will go straight to charity and you can just join for a month and get all of the episodes, yep. bonus episodes for free. Well, for donations but to if charity. If you join at the at the at the top tier level, you can get an amazing Conversation Street t-shirt like our lovely listener yeah, Smoffy you... did this week and she posed for a picture of it on Thank her Facebook. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. But also don't forget you need to be a patron for 6, six months. 6 months to be able to get that. So get your get your um Holiday wardrobe ready. Yes. Right, it is nearly one o'clock. I'm planning to get up at about half past four in the morning because I've got an awful lot to do. Oh, hang on a minute. What? Oh, I don't know where my violin is. Huh? Oh, shut up. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening. See you next week for the last of the 400s. <gasps> oh. Don't forget your advent calendar. Oh. Ta-ra for now. Bye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Oh, 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 oh,